Just because we haven't started the show like that for a while. Very excited about the theme for tonight's episode, Leaving Babylon. And I love that Joey, G.I. Mary Jane here, our co-host tonight, has given me this language. And, you know, the word Babylon like doesn't really mean much to me. I kind of want to like look it up right now and be like, shit, I'm, I'm, I didn't really prepare for this opening monologue tonight. Maybe I should, Joey and Ed... And Jim and I are going to get into it. But the way Joey and I, and as you've noticed on the show, we have been using the term Babylon is a reference to shit. Now I can't even define it. What is Babylon, Joey? It's um, it's society. It's it's this this fairy tale thing we've propped up. Got to go to work. Got to got to pay the bills. Got to pay the rent. Make sure that you stay out of trouble. Don't break the law. Stick within your moral lines and stay in our box. Be a robot. So that's, that's very good descriptive of use of our, our, our use of this term. I, I want to home in here on a definition, though. When we say Babylon, for the sake of our audience, we, we should describe all this. We're going to get into these dynamics fair, of how, we're, how we are identifying this. But it, Babylon is the city. And it, we use that to describe not just society, because we're part of society, but the corrupt, entrenched, authoritarian, institutional element of society that we say is crumbling right now, right? And even that is, I, I don't have, I wish I could say Adam defined, when Adam says Babylon, he means boom. But it's it's kind of a nebulous definition, even for me and my usage, right? And smile because it's fun. Now you're like, ah, they must have ran about Babylon because we've given it we've given it this this name that we can identify. And it's the target, and you can say, fuck Babylon, leave Babylon, escape Babylon, transcend Babylon. We don't need Babylon. So. It's kind of important if we're going to speak this passionately about it that we can at least define it, right? Or at least pretend to define it. Like, what is Babylon? It, it is a, a metaphorical use of a city name to describe what I consider, and we who use the term this way, what we consider to be the corruption of institutional society that happens to be most embodied in american culture by what happens in cities obviously so it works nice that way and it's it's kind of nice as, actually as as a physical metaphor as well right because because joey and i living off grid we think about you know, going in, into town for supplies you know and, and we go to ash fork and ash fork here in northern arizona an hour west of flagstaff is an awesome off-grid community that's not even a city like that's part of what's awesome about it it's not a city the closest we have to a city government for ash fork arizona is an historical society a volunteer fire department a museum and a library uh, there's no government it's unincorporated county land and i was like that doesn't mean make obviously stuff to deal with county government and state and federal but there's no city here so at least that part we've we've kind of escaped but when we go into ash fork where do we get gas? Shell. Shell station or a mobile station. If we need, you know, basic food supplies or household goods, where do we go? 
family dollar, right? That's some Babylonian shit right there. So Babylon, the metaphor, like we, we, we go touch Babylon, you know, and, and we've, we've accepted as a compromise in our lives that we're not going to be monks on a mountaintop eating twigs and berries and wiping our butts with leaves. Like we are going to engage with society in a way that is beneficial to us to live more powerfully by our values, not with some ideal of perfection. You know, I, we talked about solar panels, right? Wood burning stove for heat. You know, I got that wood burning stove from fucking Home Depot. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm not pretend, but now I don't have to buy propane from Babylon every winter in a way that would cost me more than the, the cost of that wood stove. Right? Solar power. Like, yeah, hey, guess every day here in Gardenia, we turn sunlight into refrigeration and light and powering our electronics. We turn it into entertainment and, and, and information and this communication capacity. But where did we get those solar panels? Babylon. Where did I get this laptop and this phone? Babylon. Where did Deep Goods get this phone? <laughs> A foundry, oh, uh, probably in China. I said China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went to China. Where did Home Depot get the stove? I'm pretty I'll sure it was made in China. Yeah. yeah. Well, a different, a different, I mean, sector of Babylon. We can pick apart the language. Now. I'll see all sorts of fun with this analogy, metaphor, whatever. Uh, geographic transposition of abstract concepts into an emblematic symbol of our disdain for all that is wrong with the mainstream of society and government and corporatism. And the thoughtless masses taking their jabs, paying their taxes, mm, working for the man nine to five. And it's gross. Like, I've lived in cities. I lived in Washington, D.C., uh, a pretty big city, right? I lived in Herndon, Virginia, pretty big D.C. suburb. Northern Virginia is hard. I lived in Los Angeles, technically, although it wasn't downtown. I lived like the western edge of Los Angeles next to Santa Monica. LaGrange, if you want to look it up. But still, like, it's, that's that's Babylon shit. You're living on grid. You're, mm, no. That's uh, not my values. And so I would invite my audience tonight to join us in this conversation about leaving Babylon. and not contributing to that. And we've talked about this in terms of living by our values as libertarians. I want to share it through the lens of this concept of Babylon because it's been very meaningful to me lately. It's been very powerful in motivating and inspiring me to live a better life. I will say part of it is just, you know, I've been better organized lately. I, you know, I've got the app with the to-do lists. Yeah, fabulous. Check it out. But I, you get it. I'm not selling an app here. It's not my thing. But I am selling always living well, living better, living more conscientiously. And it's sort of like now that I've got my daily routine organized, now that I'm not going, oh, shit, how do I, how do I get disciplined enough to just eat one vegan meal a day and have an awesome salad? Like I, I'm like, how do I do that as ethically as possible? How do I, how do I do that the best way possible? How do I level up that game? So the the salad I just ate tonight, Ed, was veggies chopped up from the food bank. Woo! 
And my, so I get some Babylon stuff that I'm not ready to make here myself yet. Adding in that I bought like fried onions, we got avocados, you know, uh, things that I, but, but I put it all together myself. I'm not buying chopped salad kits anymore. And that's such, that's such a small thing, but you know what? It's a better salad. <laughs> yeah. Ed's like, fuck, how long is he going to talk about salads tonight? Right. Oh, but like this, the salad thing, it's a big deal to me because I am pretty close to one vegan meal a day of, of one close big salad. What's that? Pretty close to a rabbit. Yeah, pretty close. To oh yeah, yeah. Rabbit, rabbit arms, Ed. Okay. This, is, this is how you build big arms, man. You want to, you want to, you want to. That's a very, very strong rabbit. Okay, okay. Yeah, you give me that. But no, there's, there's, there's. And by the way, I like when I say uh, vegan. Just real quick clarification on that for me. I don't pretend that I don't consume any animal products. To me, it's an ethical extension of the non-aggression principle to animals as, as, as most practically possible. Um, I'll eat leftover meat. I think it's worse to let it go to waste than to make it in the first place. And I'm not really that strict about it, but the, there is one absolute strict line. I will never buy or order meat for myself. And, and I, I, that's been easy. And as a result, my diet, like I eat Joey's leftovers. I get, I get, I get a little bit of meat in my diet. So I'm not here to pretend like, Oh yeah, I'm a perfect vegan. And that's why I was built this body. Like no, I take a bunch of supplements and, and shit, but um, yeah, I, I'm like uh 97% plant-based and maybe 2% dairy, 1% meat in my calorie consumption and pretty consistent in that for the last four or five months. I feel great. And so it, it's like when people are taking care of and when you take care of yourself, it empowers you to think more outside yourself. And so not just leveling up like my personal habits and my self-care and my organization, but my conscious consumerism. And it's so huge. And I feel like I, as a homesteader with what I am doing as an entrepreneur being off grid, that I, not paying taxes through a W-2 at least, right? Of course, when I use the dollar, I pay the inflation tax, especially right now. Uh, and, and, and this is actually another level of mine in terms of really carefully reconsidering my habits to be more conscientious of how I use money in terms of what is that money itself. And I've, I've always thought of like, don't, don't hold cash, don't hold us dollars, but that, that just makes me want to spend money on like wood stoves and stuff. I should be, you know, but I'm leveling up my consciousness. I'm leveling up my lifestyle. And I'd like to share specifically tonight the dynamic of that that is conscious consumers. And we could talk about health and diet and fitness and escaping modern medicine, especially right now. We could talk about your employment and being an entrepreneur, working under the table, working off grid, anything to minimize your tax liability in your employment and you know who you have that. That's a that's that's an intimate fucking relationship. You and your employer, you're working a nine to five. If you make that commitment. To a person or an institution outside of yourself, most people who work a nine to five spend more time at work than with their family and less time considering what is a thoughtful, principled way to engage with the world, with the economy, with your labor, your time and your love and your energy and all of that. But tonight, I really want to focus on with your money and your consumer decisions. And, and I we're, we're, we have a really fun video this week. All right, that's the end of my opening rant. So transition to talking about the show, announcements. We've got a really fun video to do a breakdown for this week. Um, before we get, before I say anything about that, another video I posted this week, uh, yesterday, right? 
uh, on Odyssey, odyssey.com slash at Adam Kokesh was my message to Notre Dame after that speaking event fell through, which is supposed to be tonight. That's giving a thumbs up. It was a good video. Uh, I don't want to get too sidetracked with that, but I do want to promote it and mention it. If you need more content after the show, it's about 10 minutes. It's pretty fun and, and poignant, especially if you know someone at Notre Dame and can share it and help it get out of the student body there. I make dumb football jokes. How many Notre Dame football players does it take to screw in a light bulb? Don't worry, don't worry. I'm not going to say they're dumb. I mean, not. it takes three, but more importantly, they get four hours of credit for it. So with that, check it out. That's why I'm not in Notre Dame tonight. We're here in Gardenia and getting to talk about all of this. Uh, but the, the video that we're going to play in a few minutes when we get through producer notes and introductions with our wonderful ombudsman, Ed Vallejo, and Joey Lee, co-host in studio here, uh, and producer Jim, we're going to do uh, a little video breakdown of four cops in Las Vegas showing up to interrupt my workout at the gym at the Anytime Fitness over me not wearing shoes. But before that, we are going to get through our introductions and smoke weed every day. So first, ladies and gentlemen, producer Jim Freedom. What's going on, everybody? Coming to you live directly from the heart of evil in Babylon itself. That's <laughs> That's how we have to we have to keep a man on the inside at all times to be able to uh, communicate certain uh, intelligence matters and uh, strike when it's necessary. So uh, producer notes, I, I hope by now everyone that has come across this channel and realized that, yes, Adam is indeed the guy in the original video, the 30 second video, and he's still alive and he's still doing podcasting. If you've realized all that, you no <laughs> doubt should be connected to the Odyssey channel by now and see all the uh, ridiculously. I don't know anybody else that might be coming across this randomly might not know that you've done some relatively recent man on the street videos that everybody's been asking about. So that's another I, reason you know, to drive it to the Odyssey channel. Man, I've been I've been behind. I've been slacking. We need to go do another shoot. And I still have like five to 10 videos from that Vegas shoot that I haven't posted. They're not my favorite ones. I po I think I posted all my favorite ones. There's some really good ones that I still got to post. I was hoping to have more and mix them in. So um, I'm, I'm really blessed right now by the, uh, the luxury of, of not having to leave Gardenia until uh, maybe December 3rd. Quick promo, December 4th, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City for the Libertarian Party of Utah's 50th anniversary celebration as the uh, the keynote speaker. I am I am really looking forward to that. You know, we did the 50th anniversary birthday party for the LP, which is really more like a little national beach party fundraiser. Kind of disappointed in the event in general. Hey. We won't go over, back over that. I feel like I still need to give a Libertarian Party 50th anniversary speech. You know, and this, this is my big chance. Yeah, yeah. it could have been. So that this is and 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 um, you know what makes me me? I make people face hard truths, whether they're ready or not. So the LP we're is fun. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun if you're ready for fun. Uh, last, yeah. last producer note for me. Uh, I don't know if you have yet or not, but t.me forward slash anniversary man. That's growing pretty quick. We're almost. We're gonna be at five hundred member, five hundred subscribers they call it to that uh to that channel so that's pretty cool so t.me yeah hey and on, on that program. note you know uh joey and i have been focused on the cabin lately and other business organization and ed and i have been focused on home from battle buddies we're gonna have an update on that tonight and a recap of our trip 
where this incident at the gym happened. And Ed's, Ed's incident with the rental company, I mean, I don't know if that's worth getting into, but man, it's like Babylon crumbling shit right now. But I, I, I need people's help, like deciding what to do about my anytime fitness gym membership. It's like a big existential crisis for me, and it's $600 a year now. So we'll get into that. You'll see. Uh, but on, on that sort of the telegram, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just saying that was a crazy video that, that yeah, cops yeah. kicking you out. Just a few minutes here. We're going to get to that. Uh, but on, on the count of, of Telegram and Adam versus the man, uh, we Joey and I have been a little bit behind on the business organization. We're looking forward to getting to that as it gets really cold here and a lot harder to go outside. <laughs> it's like winter. Yes, that's then we, we hibernate and work on Adam versus the man business. Uh, but if anybody knows uh, an event they'd like me to go troll politically, uh, to do man on the street videos that's anywhere in the Southwest, you know, like within a, a day's drive of here or a, a topic to hit on with Vegas, uh, the Vegas crowd, December 3rd uh, or December 4th with that Salt Lake city event, Joey and I driving up and down, we'll be going through Vegas. So we're going to combine another or that with at least one more man on the street session. I'd like to alternate. I don't do Vegas every time though. Like if there's, if there's some kind of status, we talked about doing a fun one in January. Are you trying to Hitting hold that? Slabs for oh, slap. Well, interviews. yeah, but see, that's, that's a, a good anarchist. Interview. Yeah, but see, that's not what makes my man on the street interviews fun. What makes them fun is when I'm confronting status with Socratic dialogue. So, this is a, not where are there cool libertarian we activists? My question too. for man on the street video no, that's yes. not no. Well, the hope is when you see those people change their minds, right? Jake, or we create a video that's so powerful that people want to share it because they know the audience sees the person that I expose as an idiot or an asshole or intellectually dishonest and holding on to their statism. And they go, Oh shit, I don't want to be that guy. Let me think this one through. Please don't make me look stupid. Right. Oh my God. She was great. Um, But so if anybody has an idea for an event, a status convention gathering of some kind that that they'd like to see us hit up, uh, we're ready to do another man on the street session. And, volunteers to help grow the telegram channel um we i i I haven't really studied it It, it's not like there's like there was a sort of internet attention gold rush around youtube and that actually gives me more confidence and you go like oh we're at 500 yeah because we have to slow build move the quarter million audience over from youtube who knows one at a time but uh i know there's a lot more that we could be doing there there's a lot more I would like to do with our Telegram presence. And if anybody is motivated, inspired by this, because it is such an important alternative to mainstream social media right now, it is it is kind of a frontier. It's not even referred to as social media. I'm starting to call Telegram social media, but really it's a messaging app that a social media function grew out of. Is it social media or not? I mean, it's kind of a dumb definitional barrier when you say, is it social media when you have a channel and can subscribe to it? Is it social? What is the criteria? Because there's a, there's a conversation channel. There's like, you can, you know, that we have, it's, it's not like it's not interactive. It's, it's not just pure broadcast. We got a comment. Let's see. Facebook. Fina's on Facebook. Hawaii is pretty status. I can put you guys up. Oh, I hear Hawaii's (laughs) nice this time of year. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, that might be. Well, that might wait till, uh, ah, geez. Yeah. We could plan a Hawaii trip. I've never been to Hawaii. (laughs) Um, although, so I went there 
and uh, in January, and it was pretty damn COVIDist. Like they are, they are harsh in that. I don't know if the travel to Hawaii is even allowed. practical <laughs> or allowed. Yeah, that's kind of a crapshoot and a stretch. Fina, if you want to reach out offline here, um, maybe when it's really cold here, like late January, February, <laughs> then Joey is going to be panicking about the snow. We'll be like, we'll be watching the uh, Northern Arizona blizzards from Hawaii. Uh, so yeah, hit us up, Adam at thefreedomline.com, Joey, J-O-I-E at thefreedomline.com, Ed at thefreedomline.com. And with that, let's get our co-host and ombudsman up here on screen. Hey, um, Salute. Happy. Uh, hello, hello, all you people out there in the internet. <laughs> happy Wednesday to you. Wednesday is a great, great day to. Uh, yeah, we're some music gifts. All right. You know, it's really tough doing this show. You can never tell when they're going to put you on. <laughs> I swear, last week I smoked four bowls in a row thinking he's going to say, and now here's Ed. So I can sit here and say, good evening, Gardenia. By the time I got there, it was like, Mr. Ombudsman, sir, you shared something recently that I thought was really cool about your own weed habits, that there had been some apprehension you had shopping at dispensaries because of legal oh, issues. Yeah. And oh, for yeah. the record, Ed never shops at oh, dispensaries. Ed, Ed is actually He wouldn't stage smoke weed. weed in front of a camera. Yeah. And, and and so I now, say he because I am not he. Right, exactly. Now, Aww. well, this is everybody manages their liability that they own their own way. But we and we were talking about buying in dispensaries, and it's funny that you mentioned that because Joey and I were just saying we need to fucking stop buying weed at dispensaries because of the taxes. Because of the taxes. Yeah, it's it's. And and we should have done the greenhouse before the gym. No, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But even. Even we, we can shift. We could always shift. We'd always raise more money. We could always do a crowdfunder. And by the way, we're gonna come back to Pugle Sticks. Don't even forget Pugle Sticks, because okay. I got a crowdfunder idea for Pugle Sticks now. Oh yeah. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. I think Battle Buddies should have some kind of crowdfunder going most of the time. Right? Yeah, like, that's a thing. We should have one project fundraiser that's just like a fun, low scale but direct effort. And we could right do one for the, the greenhouse. Well, the gym is our main construction effort. We aren't in like a separate, but like the greenhouse could be, if you donate to the greenhouse, we'll send you some weed from our first crop because that's so legal. Um, we do not, not on Indiegogo. They wouldn't let you get away with that shit or go phone me. Um, but no, we'd figure out a way to do it off the record. But the pugil sticks thing, we're coming back. We're going to come back. We're going to come back to this. But here's, here's the thing about the, about the weed is that. Joey and I have been pretty consistent in our dispensary habits, spending a few hundred dollars a month at, at dispensaries between California, Arizona, Nevada. And, and yeah, right. And we want to support the businesses. Yeah, that's And we true, want right? we want to normalize, but upon examination, 
think about it for a second. You go, the money we're giving the government in taxes by going to their approved store when we could just sidestep it and figure out a way to grow or to buy directly from a grower one way or another. If you have a regular habit, it's it's actually more convenient to buy bulk. You get a better deal and you're not paying the taxes. Yeah, but, but see, here's the thing. Mm. You, you, you put yourself up for this crazy liability of men with guns coming after you and throwing you in a cage for that. So that's the unfortunate world. Not not in Arizona. Yes, you do. Oh, oh it's for the sale. You say for the sale itself is the liability. From a hippie perspective, none of that enters into it at all. I still have the bulk weed that I bought months ago. Yeah, see, yeah, that's smart. I like that. Stock up with. Yeah, that's good. That you didn't, didn't buy a dispensary because there's so many different beautiful things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a legitimate concern. So well. I try so, and get okay, a hey, Joey, stuff, but Joey, I use it up. Hold on, Joey. I, I really have to break that point down that you just raised. That there's a liability with care. a private party sale next to a dispensary, not literally next to, but in a legal area. Like in Arizona, what Joey and I are talking about, and I see I'm so comfortable with this. I, I, I have done yeah. the analysis. The liability is so low. We can talk about it. You know. We're looking to find a grower in Arizona, hopefully somewhere here locally, that we can buy like a quarter pound from at a time. And Joey is saying there's a liability with that. No, it is no, 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 no. negligible. I am telling you that there are people that are that. A, they're, they're, they're scared of that. Okay, you got a soccer mom who now is using cannabis because she could buy mm -hmm. it legally at the store, right? She would never put her children at risk otherwise, right? She doesn't realize she kind of still is. Same level of liability with the Fed that you're dealing with with the state. Like you really have to hit them off or do something out. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, yeah. But there is a legitimate yeah. fear. You I mean we're driving around without lights? But just think it through. Think that it through. Think, think it through. People, right? Think it through with confidence. And this is That's you want to go to like exactly. what, what is my confidence. what is my weigh your options like seriously. What is my one genuine like intellectual? I think contribution to the conversation that I take pride in. It's that rational risk assessment when it comes to government liability. And this comes from the civil disobedience thing. Quick sidebar. People said, oh, Adam, you're so brave. And I go, no, not. I'm not uniquely brave. I'm uniquely confident in my calculations of risk. That's all it is. I see the risk reward benefit completely. I'm able to, most people go, oh my God, I might get arrested and go to jail. And it, it clouds their judgment entirely. It's just whoop, the risk side of the analysis goes off the charts and the reward side is whatever doesn't matter because the risk is some giant nebulous can't get a grasp on a thing i understand that because it happens to me in lots of situations in my life but when it comes to government i'm very good at saying no 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 you can quantify that shit and you can break it down and go what? and you're good Jeez. because you know you're right and that's that's part of that it a yeah lot there's of people don't know and and i even take for granted that that people aren't Ah, why don't they teach this even funded schools? Even well, that's one. Uh, even even without knowing your rights, though, Joey, there's a certain rational analysis that a lot of people don't realize they do go through. And I think everybody, I think every American who drives and owns a car, cuts a corner somewhere at some point where they've done uh -huh. the analysis, right? Oh, my taillights out. I might get pulled over. Technically, that's illegal, but I'll. I got this thing going on. It's going to wait a day or two. Then I'll get to it. Cause you go, well, what are the odds that I get pulled over in the next two days versus the inconvenience of this? And what's the liability? Oh, a taillight out. Well, I don't drive with weed. I don't speak. Exactly. The liability is so low. Right. But, 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 but whatever it is, whatever. I, right, right. 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 But we, we are all 
capable of this. And I would just say, like, it is so important, you know, and, and this, is a, this is a little ancillary thing to the theme of leave Babylon. But in the process of leaving Babylon, we face a lot of these things like, oh, my gosh, if I buy weed without paying the government 25% tax on top of it, is that a private party sale that they're going to come and bust me for? No, no. Like with the odds of that, it is, it, it is in, in modern America, the odds that an individual will get busted for a private party sale of cannabis under a pound that, that could be excused as barter. In today's, and maybe in Texas, I'll say maybe in Texas, maybe in a handful of prohibition states, Arizona, fuck no. They might try to, but and you're already under. Court. Hey, yeah, it's not worth it. For you it's not in, worth it to in, them. in the court system anymore, like in the on jail system anymore. So applying all of that is important to comprehensively applying this thinking of leaving Babylon. So anything else we want to cover before we play this? Four minute video I, of, of of four cops showing up to his court. I do, I do. You, you mentioned you mentioned Babylon and how I it, Babylon's not my idea, as you know. know. They've been singing about but you Babylon. got me on the term. I want to give you credit for that. You said it a handful of times. Since, like songs in the seventies, and I just put lyrics in the producers' club from a song that that really made me double think. Babylon, you should look at it. Um, and, and I was hearing it in. I grew up in Baltimore, so there's a lot of like boxcar hopping kids and nomad kids and stuff that, that I, I was friends with. And that's where I originally heard the term. But yeah, it's in music everywhere. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I don't think we, it, it's not important. Okay, well, let me, I'm really glad you brought that up because I said like I should look up Babylon yeah. if I'm going to use the word so often. So let me read like the first two paragraphs. It's free and the end's powerful too. Hold on, before you do that. I want you to read that. We're going to do that. But first, let me read the first two paragraphs from yeah. the Wikipedia page of Babylon. Do it. Yeah? I'll wait until the um, Yeah, he's taking notes. We're going to get screwed tonight. We're going to We're roast it. This is the, tonight's show is going to end with us We're roast. fucking it all up. All right. So, <laughs> wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Babylon. Babylon was the ancient city where some of the most influential empires of the ancient world ruled. It was the capital of the Babylonian Empire. And was considered to be a center of commerce, art, and learning, as estimated to have been the largest city in the world, perhaps the first to reach a population above 200,000. Punchline, presently it is an archaeological site and only has several thousand residents and a few villages within the archaeological boundaries, although constructions have increased rapidly in recent years, with some encroaching on the ruins. The archaeological site lies approximately 53 miles south of present-day Baghdad, in Hela, Babel governance, Iraq. And by the way, it was, it, was, it was kind of a funny thing, just like sidebar to the whole, my experience in Iraq. Like, oh yeah, those units are over there camped out at these archeological sites. And by the way, there's one over there and there's a mural of Saddam Hussein that got shot up, but we're going to try to save that too. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, its boundaries have been based on the perimeter of the ancient outer city walls, an area of about 154.3 hectares, Babylon was inscribed by UNESCO as a World Heritage Site and receives thousands of visitors each year, almost all of which are Iraqis. Yeah, because it's hard to get into Iraq if you're not in Iraq. Uh, do you know the, the, the mythology behind, and, and, and some people be insulted by my use of that term, uh, the story behind Babylon? Please. The, the Tower of Babel. It, do it. It's a yeah. biblical That's more important to the metaphor. Thing. Uh, it was, was that Tower of Babel was, was yes. supposedly brought down by, by trumpets. By, by people walking around, God told them to walk X amount of time, blow the horns X amount of time. And 
Babylon fell. And, 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 and it's, it's very eerie, the similarities of what we're seeing now to what is described in the story, at least from my, my slight remembering of it. And I didn't look this up. I just, I mean, I came up in a Christian school. So I read that book. Yeah. I read that book. The book, book of Genesis. Of Babylon is founded by Nimrod. Very appropriate now. Along with Yuruk, Akkad, and perhaps Kalne, all of them in Shinar. Another story is given in Genesis 11, in which describe which describes a united human race speaking one language. Ah, oh, that's where everybody this spoke is the, in tongues. So that's that when the Holy Spirit answered everything. What is that called? Migrating Shit. to Shinar to establish the city and tower, the Tower of Babel. God halts construction of the tower by scattering humanity across the earth and confusing their communication so that they are unable to understand each other in the same language. And this is very applicable to our use of the metaphor and that Babylon has an illusion of unity that is actually an affront to God. It's an illusion of unity, but it promotes division. Everything and that is the about result. it promotes division, we can, competition, like self-ism. Look at America today. We can live under one government, but left and right seem to be speaking different languages. Hmm. Didn't expect to hear so many biblical metaphors, and Ed's like, "Yeah, you're screwing them all up." Okay, uh, but yes. So to to the, to the, the 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 cultural importance, you want to share lyrics? Uh, yeah. Please. This is from an artist called Natalie Rise, who is awesome, and all of her music's out there without any trademark or anything. But she's, and you'll understand with the lyrics. Um, Babylon, you hypocrite, hypocritic <laughs> enemy. You create more problems than you've got the remedy. You mislead and deceive my people endlessly. And then you wonder why me never wants you next to me. <laughs> Your civilians are like slaves, locked in servitude. servitude linked. Like, linked in servitude. Important. Mm. And the only way you keep them is to keep them from the truth. While your institutions keep indoctrinating the new youth, we hear you speak of hope and change, then you leave no proof. I. Ow, right? <laughs> chills, right? Babylon, you're smart now. This is more than true. But when the people wake on up, they'll come straight after you. There's no escaping from the plans we've got set out for you. You will see men, women, and children coming after you. I. I. are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life with you is an illusion, not reality. And for anyone who wants some peace, you name insanity. You subdue my people with stories and fantasies, false governments, false courts, false authorities. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Babylon, we're not, we're not, it is People not know. at all original. It is a very common, well-worn metaphor. Even. And it's not even just America. It, it is, Babylon is global. It's, at this point, the, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the system that is, I, I don't know if it's touched everywhere. No, it's it's not really. Well, when you use it as a metaphor, it, it the, the cities are just places where it happens to be manifest. You know, like, is the CIA in Langley Falls in this sort of like out of the way in the field not? That's fucking extreme Babylon, right? Just because it's not a city. That means it's not Babylon. So, so Babylon here we have taken completely out of geographical context to be a much larger metaphor. But it's then fun to apply when you think of, oh, I'm going to town today or I'm going to Babylon for this or I'm going to Babylon for that. But uh, back to back to the, uh, the Wikipedia entry, uh, one more section I want to cover, cultural importance before modern archaeological excavations in Mesopotamia, the appearance of Babylon was largely a mystery and typically envisioned by Western artists as a hybrid between ancient Egyptian, classical Greek, 
and contemporary Ottoman culture. So that very mysterious nature, almost like Atlantis, like, well, we don't know what it looks like, but we know there was like the biggest city in the world was there in the center of all these empires in Babylon. Uh, so the, 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 there was a, a, a huge human psychological projection to the concept of Babylon. So um, plus there's the biblical coverage, so to speak. Uh, bullet points here. Babylon is used in reggae as a concept in the Rastafari belief system, denoting the materialist, materialistic capitalist world or any form of imperialist evil. So even our usage of this, it, it, it's a sort of libertarian, we think more comprehensive, inclusive use of, but it's really just building on the reggae use of the term Babylon. So yeah, and that's been going on for yeah, absolutely generations. Um, but the reggae use is is saying uh, specifically an oppression of people of African descent. Um, Rastafarians believe that Babylon attempts to forbid the smoking of ganja because the sacred herb opens minds to the truth. Freemasonry, which has its own versions of biblical legends, classically considered Babylon as its birthplace and a haven for science and knowledge. Babylon 5, a science fiction series set in a futuristic space station that acts as a trading diplomatic nexus between many different cultures. Obviously, a lot of invocation of the metaphor there. Babylon AD, uh, was, that a, was that a TV show? Babylon AD takes place in New York City decades in the future. Babylonus, oh, yeah, Babylonus, the Lithuanian name for Babylon is a real estate development in Lithuania. <laughs> Uh, Babylon is a song by Lady Gaga. There's allusions to ancient biblical themes to discuss gossip. I didn't know that. But she's using it for gossip. Maybe missing the bigger point there. Um, Wish corrected me. The trumpets was Jericho, not ah, Babylon. There we go. Thank Correct. you. Watching on Twitch. And, and already have written it off. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Wish. Our, uh, our homie to the north. Whoosh. All right. <laughs> so... I, I knew my Sunday school teacher would cringe if she, she heard that somehow. <laughs> One of the reasons this is a powerful metaphor for us right now is that simply by using the term Babylon, it illuminates for us and for a lot of people. I hope you know, our audience will hear it used this way. It illuminates how we are a part of Babylon. How we are contributors to the evil of Babylon. And so with that, I'd like to get to this video, or at least set up this, this video of my not quite arrest, but certainly a very intense police encounter video in Las Vegas last Thursday on Veterans Day of all days. You should have made him fight you. You should have been like, I'll leave if you agree to mutual combat with me outside. Uh, so there's there are a couple of things I got to set up in this video, uh, specifically in the content, and and we'll do a little breakdown afterwards. It's just four minutes, so we'll get through it all in one go, and then and then come back and do the analysis. Uh, but first, in in the setup, in the context of this conversation, it is one of my connections with Babylon to have an anytime fitness gym membership, and. Ed has seen me on this last trip very much appreciated and use it in a very convenient, practical way. Convenient. Joey did on the campaign, right? And as, as a business, I support it. 
I mean, even if I think about like the evils of, well, it's in a strip mall, it's or they're paying rent to some commercial property bullshit. They filled out all the forms and they pay all the taxes. Like it's a it's a business. It's a mainstream corporate American business. It, it's a national franchise, right? So, in in a sense, it's better than some corporate models. And I've noticed that there's a decent amount of flexibility and autonomy among the owners. They get to decide when to enforce certain policies, as we've recently experienced. And they, uh, but you know, so so there's that. Like how how Babylonian is it of me to have that membership, right? But I, I with all of those corporate business tax evils associated with the basic concept of a franchise gym in America today, I still want to support it because it's so important for people's health to, to say go to the gym, celebrate going to the gym. For me, and- Small company, even though it's nationwide. I mean, they franchise out. The national is pretty big at this point. Sure, at this point, but it started from something small. No, and and they're all individual people for being able to can't hate on people for being able to successfully play the game, please the man, in order to get to where they're getting and offer their services. Where do you draw the line? Doesn't mean they like it. Right. Where do you draw the line? So you know. Where do you draw the line? So I don't know where to draw them, but here's the alternative, right? So there, I don't think there is a line. There are principles that we apply, right? There are compromises that we make. There are there there are trade-offs. No matter how big the if if the CEOs and executives of that gym followed that principle 100% of the time, then the gym wouldn't exist right now as it does today. Yeah, it wouldn't have made it in that successful world without them making some uh, unethical choices along the way. Certainly. And and those resources, though, that have gone into creating the Anytime Fitnesses. What if instead all of the people who got sucked into that model and drove that model as partners and employees and staff and and members even? All of those resources instead went to creating community gyms as nonprofits. What if the endorsement of that corporate model has robbed us of the opportunity of a better option? What if me making the conscientious choice, given the opportunity now, gets us one step closer to that? And the and, and I just throw that out as, as I don't know what the alternative is. It's like, you know, we talk about the roads. Well, if government didn't get involved in the roads and it was based on market demand, we'd have more walking paths and bike paths and sustainable transportation modes and more efficient roads and, and they would be safer, right? And we might have more subsidization through natural choices of you know, mass transit and more efficient stuff. I, I, we certainly wouldn't be stuck in this model of the internal combustion engine spinning four rubber tires down a, a paved surface. We'd be way past that by now. So similarly with gym membership, yeah, it's great. But does by doing it thoughtlessly and, and See, mindlessly rob us of a better option? That's a weird thing. Where are you going to get all that equipment from? Like that involves big The same place we got. Okay. Okay. So I'm not talking checking out entirely here. I'm not saying we're going to go pick up rocks and forge our own plates out here. That's what I'm right? saying. Because like, so you've got, everybody's got to use Babylon to a certain extent. But what we can do. If we choose where we want our money. Right. All I can do in this sense is be an advocate and make an immediate choice. And so one of the things that I realized from this incident is that the convenience value of Anytime Fitness isn't quite what I thought. 
because you're not in travel right now. Like, no, because they called the cops on me. <laughs> so I, but I realized that a big part of what I appreciate about Anytime Fitness is that it's a place I can work out barefoot. Whereas here right now, I just have an outdoor gym where I kind of have to wear boots. That's a bad excuse. So the trade-off for me, and, and Ed and I talked about this until I got sick of it. Ed was way past sick of it at that point on, on our little road trip. Uh, that it, the, 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 I'm paying $600 a year. Well, actually, I've only been paying $26, but one of the things that came out of this is our local gym owner, who's met my membership, is through, said, hey, Adam, we noticed, by the way, because corporate called him, and so we had a look at my membership, that I'm only paying $26 a month. I'm supposed to be paying $49. It's like, oh, so instead of, like, an apology and a free lifetime membership, you raise my rates and tell me that you've changed your policy, that now we we have we do now you you're going to enforce corporate policy at your franchise and so that's part of what is has changed too and if this is part of the reality of corporate america let me back up <laughs> jonathan I, I don't know his last name off the top of my head i don't need to call him out yet but jonathan he's the owner of the anytime fitness here in chino valley and a little past that in prescott or it's prescott valley um he has told me explicitly and i said by the way i appreciate you never having an issue with me on the gym floor barefoot because at gyms, you can go in the stretching area and this is true at any time and in the yoga area barefoot, but some go, Oh, well, we can't be around the, the gym or the, the weights safety. And it's like, they, it's really a knee jerk Karen thing where gym employees have been told you have to make sure no one's doing anything dangerous. And something about being barefoot around weights triggers people and they're going, Oh my gosh, you better be wearing shoes. And it's like, Really, that thin layer of fabric or is going to protect your toes? No. And yeah, I get it. It's, it's, so the, whatever. I, I don't want to get into like the silly physics of this, but I've, I've been lied to multiple times by gym employees saying, hey, it's a hygiene issue. And it's like, no matter what is growing on my feet, it is nowhere near as much of a hygiene issue as everything that's on the bottom of everybody's shoes from the street that they walk in here with no fucking way no fucking way you ever you ever wipe your ass with your feet no use your hands for that right come on really you put your hands all over the equipment you tell me my feet on the floor at the gym is a hygiene issue so no i i've, I've talked people down from that you i've do talked people down barefoot. right i've talked people you down do. from it's a safety issue because as Jonathan told me in the past, he said, oh, yeah, you signed the waiver. I guess. Well, and a shoe is not going to protect your foot anyway, from anything in the goddamn gym. Yeah, so it's it, it's irrational corporate bullshit that is now encroaching on what I thought was my nice franchise gym space where I was able to, like, my, my experience so far with this at any times, at Prescott Valley and Chino, my home gyms, never problem. Jonathan's always been cool. Staff has never said anything. Maybe it's their country people. They're realistic. They don't give a shit about corporate lawyer nonsense. But now that you got the cops. But because I went to Vegas, and by the way, to other gyms, most other gyms I go to, never. Well, I should say, ninety-eight percent of other anytime fitness gyms I go to, I've been working out barefoot for years, never had a problem. Occasionally, the two percent is someone will say something. I'll say, Nah, dude, it's cool. My home gym, we have this deal. I always work out barefoot at any times. And they said, because I signed the waiver, it's not an issue. And they go, uh, okay, well, please wear your flip-flops in between stations. And then they go, leave me alone. Or they just leave me alone, right? Um, 
Because it's kind of like, what are you going to call the cops? I'm, I'm going to be gone by the time we get there. Matter of fact, well, that's what happened uh, in Vegas last Thursday. You on- weren't gone by the time they got there. <laughs> Yeah, well, I should, video. well, anyway, I should have been, but I I interrupted my workout for a 15-minute interview in the middle, and then by the time they got there, I was done, and the consequence of them kicking me out was that I didn't have to put my weights away. I didn't have to re-rack the weights. So, yeah. Winning. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yes. So with a mind, too, should Adam maintain his anytime fitness gym membership for now $600-ish a year, or carry weights around when he travels and shower at motels or some find some other alternative to what that, that convenient service of Babylon represents to me, Jim. Here it goes. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah. So you mind introducing yourself for you too, sir? I'm officer. Telling uh, everybody what's going on here. They want you to. And what, what did they tell you? What's happening? They said you did not follow the gym rules, and they want you to be escorted off property. Wow. Okay. They didn't explain anything else about it? No. They said not following gym rules, private property. Yep. All right. Well, I, 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 I don't respect their decision. I respect your role in it. I'm not going to give you all any trouble or anything beyond just making sure it's documented. So I'm just going to gather my things, and, and I will be stepping out. Well, I appreciate, appreciate y'all. Thanks for the cooperation. Yeah, man. But yeah, this is uh, it's pretty silly. Yeah, they didn't tell you what this was about? Because I, I like to work out without my shoes sometimes for doing for doing leg stuff. And they said it's a hygiene issue. Isn't that funny? You know, I mean, I've, I don't know about y'all, but I don't I don't wipe my ass with my feet. So I'm, I'd be more worried about, you know, shaking hands with people who don't wash their hands than, than going to the gym. Or sharing a you know walking service with you barefoot. So this is this is your guys' policy. Call the cops on veterans on Veterans Day, huh? Yeah, I'm getting my stuff, gentlemen. I got no locker, so give me give me say I'm I'm not making any trouble. I'm, I'm I'm making my uh definitely making my opinion known to the management here, the, the staff. Who is this? Trevor J. Okay. I, I thought since you guys decided to leave me alone that you fixed your policy. I'm, I was really disappointed to, to be surprised in the middle of my workout. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm following the gym rules as written. Y'all are in violation of your contract with me as a customer here. I'm not going to give any resistance. I'm not going to. I'm not going to disrespect your private property rights here. As, as a business, if you've established it to their, their satisfaction, but just know that what you're doing is not only silly, it's a violation of contract. And it really is shameful to call cops on a veteran working out on Veterans Day. And of all things, you're doing it here in Las Vegas at a gym. I'm working out, I'm not bothering anybody. I've done this at every other Anytime Fitness. Y'all are choosing to bring men with guns into a peaceful situation and escalating when you had an opportunity to de-escalate and to right. be peaceful about this and have a non-confrontational resolution, and instead you decided to play petty tyrant and get these guys involved and waste their time. I'm sure you guys have better shit to do with your training than escort a guy out of a gym, right? They didn't even, he didn't even ask me to leave. 
He walked away. I asked you to stop harassing me, and you stopped harassing me, and then you called the cops. Disgusting. Hey, say that again, sir. You're, that's that's. I want to give you a shout out as a good cop for that. Thank you very much, sir. Gentlemen, thank yeah, you for being professional. Sorry. Yeah. Nope, just sorry y'all had to waste your time with some silly shit like this. It ain't on y'all. It's on gym management here. So thanks for being pros. Have a good night, gentlemen. Yeah, right. All right. So anybody who's watching right now, we want to open up for calls. We're going to do about uh, probably another hour of show tonight. If anybody wants to call in about this, Please, definitely. Or comments. Do you? Apparently, we're on Facebook. People are commenting on Facebook. I, it's a surprise to me every week. Facebook, Twitch. I don't know. If Odyssey. We'll see comments. Whatever we're watching them. I really want to do some some uh, audience feedback on this issue. I gotta say, on Twitter, I teased like a, a separate military thing, saying that uh, because earlier today I had a great interview with Ann Fishman. Shout out to Liberty activist extraordinaire, former executive director, I think was his senior title with the Libertarian Party at one point, and currently, I don't even know what his title is, but People for Liberty, he's doing Joe Jorgensen's post-campaign activism organization with Lauren Postler. They're doing great work and happy to support them. And on the interview today, I said, joining the military is an act of ignorance, cowardice, or greed. But I want to point out, I'm not trying to gloss over that. I told people they wanted to call in on Twitter earlier today. So we're getting that out everywhere there's comments. Jim and Joey and uh, not it, but Jim and Joey are getting that uh, the Streamyard link. You can click in a Streamyard. Very easy to call and connect. We got Boosh um, backstage already. All right, we're also going to get into some news stories. Joey has some great examples pulled up. Of course, we're not going to ignore the Rittenhouse situation. Mm -hmm. uh, we got, I guess, an update with Johnny Hurley. I mean, that's that's more stuff I've been talking about that's on Telegram. That's right. at the Producers Club. That's on our Adam vs. the Man channel again. Team slash Adam vs. the Man. A um, handful of other high-profile news stories I'm forgetting right now. We will get to in the second hour as we take calls, do the breakdown of this video. And I want input also, ideas and suggestions on how to leave Babylon or how leaving Babylon has been good for you. So with that, uh, the setup to this video, the guy that you see, Trevor J, came up to me while I was lifting with my headphones on, waved at me. He was like, it's a hygiene issue. You have to put socks on at least. He actually said that. Oh, I was like, really? dude, that's just fucking, I didn't the say this. I was like, just, that's just nonsense. Wow. Like it's, so it's not safety. It's hygiene for, like I said, I've been, I've been lied to, to in other words, or at least people saying. have <laughs> made up reasons for, uh, for asking me to wear footwear at the gym. And always, I've always been able to just brush them off because it's obvious that they're made up. In this case, I put my headphones back. Like he was, he was actually harassing me. And he didn't identify himself. It was really, it was, oh, it was, did you it was not creepy. Know he was with the gym? I mean, I've I had kind other of... gym goers come up to me and I've had like the gym staff roll their eyes across. The right, place. right. I so it wasn't that, no, no, but I, I, I kind of guessed that he, he was, I think he was wearing a personal trainer shirt though, which it's may or may right. not be the back of it said coach. I think you can buy those at Walmart. But right. He did, but, but if he was, if he was being respectful, professional, appropriate, he would have come up to me and said, Excuse me, sir. Hey, I'm with the gym staff here. And according yeah. to our rules and our liability for There's our legal circumstance in this building, we have to ask you to do this. Please do sense. this. And I say, no. He says, look, dude, I'm sorry. If you don't do this, we have to ask you to leave. And I'm not going to, I really hate to do this, 
But if you don't leave when we ask you to, our instructions that. here in Babylon are we got to call the cops. There's and if he had that attitude and, and approached it, it that way, cool. Very reasonable. Uh, we have been watching a video. He harasses me, does this little bullshit said we're watching this video where he goes away. I put my headphones. I say, please leave me alone. Please stop bugging me. I'm working out. Put my headphones back on. He stands there for a couple minutes and then he walks away. An hour plus later, the cops show up for what you just saw. He looks like he's going to cry, doesn't he? I don't know. Yeah, I can't. And they roll in four deep for a guy reportedly not wearing shoes at the gym. Like, Could be some like, messed out bodybuilder on a rampage. Probably the way Trevor J reported it. I, I don't it. know. Like, I, now I'm curious as to how he portrayed you. He looked at me scary. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge guy. Me. Like, I'm not like a monster 300 pound dude who's just gonna like just tackle and clobber somebody. But you're bigger than him. That's all it takes these days, man. My question for myself and the clarification of the audience is when the officer is leading you out and he's turned away from you, he makes a statement that you thank him for, and then you ask him to make it again, and he, he puts his head down oh, even okay. further and kind of fumbles the statement. No. Good job recording. Well, you can hear it if you listen uh, close, I guess. It didn't seem it was that quiet. I, I didn't get to audio balance the video before posting it. He said, you're right to record this and to have documentation of it. Something to, to that effect. Yeah. Don't bless those words. Yeah. And and I, I that's why I said, I want to give you... And I don't think he was mumbling or trying to hide it. He did turn away. I don't right. think he was... I think he was more just being lazy and going, let's resolve this and get out of here. Right. Not... Let oh no no no! It's very clearly on video. At the very beginning of the video, you could tell he started to bust, but he kept it straight. <laughs> yeah, and right. they kept it straight until a couple you, of them were laughing. Until you made the statement, <laughs> I don't wipe my ass with my feet. Okay, fuck <laughs> him on that it one. Curled. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Aloha, Fina. Fina's watching on on Twitch. Brings up that the store deserves a bill for wasted resources. You call the cops, and it's not a decent reason. Yeah. So I, I texted I, my I lawyer know, friend. I texted my lawyer friend Mark Victor about this. Like, I mean, there's nothing yeah, you yeah. can do about it, but I'm okay. saying the cops right, 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 right. should bill for their bullshit. Hypothetically, like, yes. If we live the in cops a should fair get my society. tax money back for their right, bullshit. Right, hypothetically. That's where but that's not how it works. And and uh, having I talked it through a little back and forth with Mark Victor understanding this. <laughs> And basically, it's the department's discretion, or is this a frivolous call or not? And something as petty as this doesn't even rise to the level of reprimand. And the general attitude of police departments is, we want you to err on the side of calling us. Better for business. Even if it's busy work, they can say, we called, we responded, we provided a service. We That's can come check. in and we That's can instigate incident. the situation and hopefully lock somebody up. Like a hook and letter going to a heart attack. That's it. Yeah. Bush, Bush so, up a good they were hoping you would roid, ro uh, roid rage. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the thing is, it's, a, it's so much. You'd have to have a report number, and you didn't get. You that. probably have to sue and have damages, and I don't. I mean, my damages what embarrassment, inconvenience. It's like, just no. ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. That's that's the whole yeah. point of it all. But there's, there's ways to resolve conflict in retail. And I, I worked in retail for an embarrassingly, painfully long amount of time. Um, 
that's not how you handle things. And and there's usually training about this. Yeah. So I, yeah. I hope at least uh, Mr. Trainer was trained <laughs> in, in where he failed and what he missed in his, in his common sense, man, as far as, I mean, this is, if if your your brother won't give you the Nintendo controller or whatever the kids are playing these days, right? Or your roommate or sanction my membership. Like an appropriate thing would be to say your jello. We're canceling your membership. You know, or you have a strike on your membership. There's a private property business peaceful way of doing it where they turn my fucking key off if I break the rules enough times and cancel my membership. But like calling the cops. Okay, you got lucky. Those cops could have been cops with chips in their shoulders walking in to bully the guy at the gym. It is not at all what you got. Not looking a boot here, but applaud the ones that showed up. I bet you they were just eating lunch across the street, and they were like, "Yeah, if we're done and yeah. it's still going on, we'll head on over, right?" Yeah. But uh, you could have had some cops. True. Like, no, and that's the liability. Trying to pick a yeah. fight. Yeah, and that's exactly the liability. Yeah. And that's and, why it's fucked up for a business mm-hmm. to just call, call for any human to call the cops on another human but or working, any American at least to call the cops on another American unnecessarily. I have had a woman real reason pick my stapler up off my desk and throw it across the room. We didn't call the cops on her. Like we were able back to back in my day. We never look, called the cops. Ma'am, you have to like, exactly. Like back in my day, we never back in my day. We were the cops. Joey, 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 I need us to Joey. I need to steer the conversation back to a different topic. Okay. First of all, one more point here. We're going to get through. And then and we got a caller on deck already. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take our yeah, call. Woosh um, wants to talk about the desire to phone police as referenced to as artificial wombs in silent weapons for quiet wars. That's what our caller wants to talk about? Yeah, he said it backstage. He said, I can, it's Woosh TV. Right. And he said, I can talk about the desire to phone police as referenced well, to. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do okay. it. Um, word. We're going to hear that. We're going to hear that from our caller from Woosh. Uh, but one point, because I have to say, Joey. The, the the legal stuff, the police stuff, that's fun. Reviewing Adam's interaction with police when he's got five different kinds of contraband on him, that's fun. But yeah, I want I, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to shift I want to <laughs> shift the topic back to how fucking Babylonian is this? Is this because not only did my gym membership go up hypothetically, if I if I stick with them from twenty six to forty nine dollars, I didn't I didn't get an apology and a lifetime membership. That's what I should have gotten out of this. But um, yeah, if I really wanted to care out, I probably local, could. We should send this. We should care out a little bit, okay? What and, and send this to local. But do we? This is this, this begs a de- it begs a deeper question. Like we're building a fucking gym here. It's not that you know, but Buckminster Fuller, Buckminster Fuller, you know, don't fight the old, build the new. And, and, and in that light, it's, it's, it's so much fighting. And, and I kind of want, I don't want to say never fight, right? I don't want to say never confront, but when there's such a powerful opportunity here to sidestep, to build something better to tar- to to make a home front battle buddies fitness channel out That's of better. Butler Hall Gym. We can do a lot here better. Here in Gardenia for a lot more and people. focus our energy on that. And and it's a trade off. And you'll be able to smoke weed at our right? gym so in the gym. Bad. Yes, in we will be gym. smoking weed, weed in, in the, the gym. You want to vape where your buddy comes over with the vape pen? Like that uh, we can do that. Now there will be there will be a we're gonna build a smoothie 
slash bong bar into the corner of it's the gym. That's the plan. That is literally in my gym right now, and I'm barefooted. Yeah. 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 So like why why so on this one oh, I like there was a claim on your Odyssey video that bare feet was indecent. You was that on your Twitter? Bare feet are indecent. I liked when you posted the 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 uh, social experiment of seeing what people really thought. Yeah, indecent was what we got. The answers. You can't wear a shirt. You can't go shirtless, so therefore it makes sense that you can't go shoeless. Well, on that count, here's the thing about like I know I do have a specific response to that because there is something to be said for there's an accepted social standard here, right? That like you, you don't this expect to see you don't expect about. to see nipples and genitals at the gym. No, a dude taking off his shirt, flexing in the corner for a little bit doesn't bother me. But if you're a dude walking around the gym working out, like you know. Okay, like that's a standard, not a big deal. That's, that's deep standards, right? But for me, I have no qualms saying, like, yeah, I'm going to wear a tank top at the gym. That's a reasonable, social, polite expectation thing. But when you say, well, you can be barefoot in that room or in that square of the gym that's where they exactly. have the purple AstroTurf carpeting, but not over here where the weights are because of some Good corporate parent policy <laughs> or because trevor j here's the other thing about this it might be that really none of the gyms care about this but because trevor j and the owner of that gym in las vegas fucked up now they all have to unify around their lowest common denominator that and is that the nature see this is what is revealed to me by this experience is that that is the nature of corporate america that it is polluted by basic fucking gym model you can't have it with common sense and I knew it was a compromise, but if, if it's that much of a compromise, do I want to maintain my membership? I don't know. That Ed, is the question. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of talking myself out of my membership right now. It's sort of like, yeah, if you don't apologize and give me a lifetime membership, I don't want to give you any more money. By the way. If I was going to get a membership for any gym, it, I don't even want to say the name of it, but they have racquetball. That's my favorite. <laughs> well, hey, let me, one more thing about this decision is that uh, I'm not demanding an apology and a lifetime membership. That's kind of silly. Um, but I, in my conversation with Jonathan, I said, let's fix this. Like, fucking fix it. He's given me bullshit answers. He's like, well, you hear it's convention. Well, it's where it's traditionally worn. Because he doesn't, he's, he at least knows not to bullshit me and say it's a safety issue or it's a hygiene issue. Because I can also say, well, dude, you explicitly told me verbally that you don't have a problem with it because I signed the waiver. I took that as that's the rules in writing. The waiver says, not an issue. That's corporate policy. And then it's, you know, local gyms, discretion, gyms owner, essentially, or, you know, on, on, on they, they want to change that. They're the owner, fine. But by the rules, by the contract that I signed, that I think they do have to honor as franchises, it's well, yeah. not introduce this silly bullshit because that's and what it is. And if they're going to change it, they need to give you notice and the opportunity and to so find out. And so like, if, if, there was, if Jonathan texted me and said, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. It happened this way. We fixed the corporate policy. And it's actually now affirmed. You can go barefoot at any anytime fitness in the country. Cool. That would have been cool. I'd be like, yeah. Well, I don't want to close the door to the, that possibility at this point. I hope Jonathan watches this. And I'll hey, probably Jonathan. text it to him. Um, I mean, I thought he was a cool dude, but then he got put in this really difficult situation between 
not a rock and a hard place, but between corporate bullshit and rationality and doing the right thing. And he basically said, I'm going to side with corporate. He's going to pick what protects his pocketbook. I mean, right. what was that, Jim? He's going to pick what protects his pocketbook, his bottom dollar, his Absolutely. livelihood, you know. Condemning his character. I don't think that's fair. I think, you know, everybody does that to some degree. Everybody makes compromises. He's been he's put in a difficult situation where that is that is threatened. His his franchise license is threatened by corporate calling him. Yeah, I guess it's a reason, not an excuse, you know. Right, exactly. And it's a reflection of his values. Right. And I have to consider if mine. Jonathan stood up to corporate, somebody else would come take his franchise that would bow down to corporate. That's how everything is. If if you aren't gonna follow our rules, somebody else will. And uh, well, I'm not saying that like it's hopeless because eventually you're going to run out of somebody else's who will. Like, look how hard it is to a lot of states are fighting to hire police right now. Like, it's things get to a point over time. And those decisions add up. Yeah. Every little decision you make counts. And you want to say that you're a principled person, that you live by your principles. You have to at least do it. This. I wish it would. I wish it would. Like, I feel like I uh, at least. Personally, maybe it's, you know, because I know you and we've been working together for so long or whatever. But when I saw this video, I felt like it had what was necessary that it should have went viral. And the virality of it, if that's a word, <laughs> should have caused like a backlash that would have forced them to corporately respond in a different way. You know what I mean? Like a Twitter storm where everybody starts attacking them for calling the cops on a veteran on Veterans Day. That was, I thought, was the tag that rolled it all into one, like a trifecta that was going to make it, you know, actually hit something. And I feel like it should have. But at the same time, I also know that the powers that be spend a considerable amount of money making sure that you personally and specifically, sir, can't reach too many people to make an actual critical mass change. Otherwise, they would have to MLK your ass. But uh, I love you. Moving on. Please repost, repost all my content, especially now. Uh, the, the pirate yeah. Captain Freebeard YouTube channel where my content is being graciously reposted and archived. So we have someone sneaking us into YouTube. Um, and if you want to create new channels, rip it. You know, Jim, you say it didn't go viral. We don't know. Maybe it did get ripped and reposted somewhere else and get, I don't know. I mean, we would have heard if it was more than 100,000 views, yeah. but, you know, it could have been a few 10,000 views altogether elsewhere. It doesn't matter. I, I, I mean, it's worth examining but let's not hack into that anymore for tonight's episode let's take, let's get our caller on screen you guys get out here of here on. here we go welcome Woosh. to adam versus the man that's that's who the callers that's Woosh. hey what's up adam I'll, honor to talk to you again excellent good evening where are you calling from from toronto ontario and occupied turtle island uh i can't use a webcam because my microsoft account isn't registered so i guess they own it and uh, but my picture is pretty cool. It's a picture of Palestine from the '60s till uh, yep. 2007 or something. Yep, so. classic meme image basis there. Now I'll I'll sit here and smoke and look entertaining. I didn't wrap my brain around the whole thing, but I heard what Jim said, quoting you from backstage. What That's what right. idea you want to introduce tonight? Well, I'm sure you're familiar with the work of uh, William Cooper. And 
uh, he pub he made public some documents. One that was said to have been found in a used photocopier that came from a naval base, and it was titled "Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars: An Introductory Programming yes. Manual." Now, in it, it says that familiar with that uh, one. I'm quoted here: "The objective of these art. Uh, sorry, from the time a person leaves its mother's womb." Its every effort is directed towards building, maintaining, and withdrawing into artificial wombs, various sorts of substitute protective devices or shells. And from this, government is born. Uh, it's, it's a need for dependency, someone that will quote it again. Uh, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, Put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. And uh, I think the the police are an extension of this. Um, it's it's also it's born of irresponsibility. Hold on, if I may respond before you, you you go further in unpacking this. I mean, I first want to like endorse this concept is very important as a as an insight into the psychology of statism. Uh, I, I don't believe it is a comprehensive metaphor, but what it illuminates so importantly is that there is this weird biological, well, I don't say weird, it is, it is a very natural biological instinct of any organism that is created in an egg or a womb to seek that as their concept. They're, they're ingrained genetically, psychologically, as deep as it could be, concept of what safety and security is. As humans blessed with rationality and consciousness and memory and capacity for analysis, we then can look at, well, that instinct will prevent us from living well. And in some ways, yes, that, that instinct, I don't want to, I don't think this is like the way it's worded there makes it sound like it's the sole animator of government because it's from this governments are born. That's the only part I would dispute. I would say, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, that was, to be fair, that was my own words. That wasn't part of the quotes. Oh, excuse me. Oh, well, oh. There you go. well. So it, I would say that's that's that. part. Incredible. That is part of from which government is born, right? And and the, right. the thing so important about that is what it illuminates as the opposite. What's the opposite? Whoosh, of seeking the womb. Uh, making your own way. Uh, I guess it, in the document, it talks about uh, intelligence as being key. And if you're, if you don't use your human intelligence, then you're no better than an animal. And uh, I, I can almost quote this off the top of my head, but it's um, your meat on the table by choice and by consent, if you don't use your intelligence, according to this document. And it's also talking about how the, the issues of hand and you have to know uh, limits to growth in order to kind of grasp grasp this, but um, well, so if, I'm sure second, you're familiar with limits of growth as well. Hold on, just growth. if you if you were, Ed reminded me of a very important idea from uh, American fiction this weekend. Very quickly, Ed, if you would explain the concept of the gamma from the novel Brave New War. Yes. Brave New World, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. In it, it was a society built of people that were not born, but were created in a factory. 
and at different points of the development of the fetus, uh, alcohol would be injected into the womb. And the, the alphas were allowed to go through gestation uh, without having any alcohol injected into it. And they were the superior beings and the brains and the, the movers. And as they go along, it, it would fill lower positions all the way down to the favorite. My favorite uh, example from the book was the gamma that ran the elevator up and down. He was just so happy to, to run up and down for everybody. And he was everybody's favorite. Everybody loved him. And he, that was his job. And, and it was just. Because his intelligence had been chemically stunted by alcohol. His development had yes. been fundamentally retarded exactly. in the literal, yes. actual, original sense of that word. Yes. And mechanically or chemically or by whatever you want to describe it, a part of his brain turned off and one of the things that i value so much about my experience as an activist and a libertarian is that i have realized what parts of my brain have been turned off by conditioning and the process of libertarian awakening is that self-actualization of turning off by shedding the conditioning and, and and this points out how we can escape that. Woosh, you want to connect it to what you were discussing there? Yeah, I can connect that. Um, in Okay, so Huxley was, was talking about... Uh, so first of all, with Huxley, that, that entire civilization was run by a computer AI. And same thing with limits to growth. It was an MIT study sponsored by uh, the Club of Rome, which again goes back to Babylon. Uh, and it, in this study, it says that we need to drug people and, you know, um, I'm not going to say aluminum and, and mercury uh, are being is being stabbed into children uh, along with aborted fetuses. But because that would that if someone would, were to say that, then no, uh, you, don't, you might get banned. Speculative specifics to I see. I think about writing a play about it. Actually. Cool. Um, nice. But yeah, so you get that, that it's this computer AI that, that they've been believing, whoever they are, um, limits to growth. Go, you can, you can Wikipedia it, anyone who's, who's watching that's not aware of it, and Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an introductory programming manual, two documents that uh, William Cooper uh, paid his life to, to get out. Yep. You know, uh, the police, when he was murdered, said that they shot him while he was running from his truck to his house. And uh, I don't know how how well Mr. Cooper could run, considering he had one leg. Um, but I guess I guess that's the police for you. This is um, the you get murdered for. Cops gonna cop, yo. Yeah, oh, well, I've done my time for speaking the truth. Had, um, you know, things taken from me, precious things. Uh, you want to share? That? I, I don't give up. Uh, yeah, oh. I, well, I used to organize protests, and um, one night before the protests, my ride, my girlfriend's car got tampered with, and I was bringing my kids that day, and so I took that as you know, assignment, kind of back off, stop doing that. And then 
when uh, I started up again, I was handing out flyers, talking to people, trying to engage conversations, get uh, a conversation going on Facebook. Um, yeah, and they came for me again. Uh, I've been charged of five assaults that I didn't commit. And um, my three beautiful daughters um, got their dad stolen from them. And uh, I think about them every day. Uh, first, first thing I do when I wake up and um, at night, if I, if I think about them, I'll never fall asleep. But, you know, I never give up. I, I keep, I keep uh, trying to seek and speak truth, and I, as, as I hope viewers will. And I know a lot of people are. Um, yeah. Uh, prophecy says that uh, the Messiah's weapon comes from, his, from its mouth. And uh, I think that's its, its word. It, prophecy also says that um, the Messiah will use the, own, the, the same weapons that the Antichrist has been using to trick us. The Messiah will use that weapon, the media that that the Antichrist uses to trick us, the false prophet more specifically, uses to trick us. We become the media. We seek the truth. We, we speak the truth. We defeat the lawless man with truth. It's been written. I don't, I don't think it was divine intervention. Uh, it was the remote viewing phenomena that all of us are capable of that Tesla used for many of his inventions, we are so much more powerful than the power structure wants us to know. And everybody needs to use their power. We have power. Yes. Thank, thank you, Adam. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for this forum, for somebody who will, you know. I'll ask you two questions to, to kind of round this out. I mean, all right. I'm a, I'm a little emotional, but I'll try. I'll try to formulate a thought. Every time I like, and I have a dumb Canadian government story too. You know, I was denied entry going to the Canadian National Libertarian Party convention and had to get my mom, who's a Canadian citizen, to call to give me permission to enter the country because of my criminal record. <laughs> I was like, you know, you Canuckistanis. I I love I love. I love the Kanuckistanis, not so much the Kanucky government. Um, they don't even let you in with DUIs. But yeah. Oh, well, I want I want to connect this. I want to bring it back to the, the bigger theme with with Wush's experience because, first of all, from that kind of personal experience, that's some tangled up in Babylon bullshit, isn't it? Is there some lesson that you would take from that about? leaving Babylon or sidestepping Babylon or perhaps in, in having kids wishing that you had done it off grid or, you know, away from government somehow, or, you know, is, what, what, what's the lesson there? I think, uh, I don't know. I think it might be cynical, but I think that their systems are so ingrained that there's, there's no way that you can operate within them and meaningfully change them. And so the best thing that you can do is, is just uh, become self-sufficient, I think. Um, yeah, remove, remove yourself from the system. Ignore, ignore the systems. Obviously, um, 
it's it's set up so that you can't um yeah. so you know it's 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 impossible pretty much okay. what we're doing my gym membership okay. i like what you said about remove yourself from the system ignore the system so you can still use the system but ignore its validity yes in yes your life. yes absolutely so right. that's the way to remove yourself, I think. And and know what your choices are are doing. Know what your choices mean when you make your purchases. Know that a, a child is probably dying on the other side of the planet so that your life is more convenient. And you, every time you make those purchases, you say it's okay. It's not fucking okay. 80 million child slaves is not okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, thank you for, for putting it that directly and bluntly because I okay, I can talk about this as conscious consumerism, as living libertarian, but no, like, yeah, fucking connected to the evil and suffering of the world that is the d direct result of Americans' choices as consumers. And you go, fuck, we're really guilty. Not just Americans, everyone. First world. Yeah. And, and but uh, well, it's thoughtless consumption, thoughtless consumerism. Uh, Americans are an extreme example on Earth. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate every life, um, even even maybe especially uh, non-human life. And I think if there's if there is a God, there's one thing we know: it's and it's that they created life. And so if we also create life, then we are expressing God nature. Mm. I and I don't, I don't know uh, if you have any more questions, I'll be happy to, to answer, but. It's great, man. You've, you've more than answered all of them. I love that's a great note to end on the idea of cultivating life being the essence of. Choose life. We're Choose all life. We're all gods. That's yeah. in that book too. Well, thank you so much for the call. Woosh. That was beautiful. We may not be all gods, but we all have God nature. We are made of God. Absolutely. So God makes God. All right. As always. All right. Thank you for the call, Woosh. All right. So, Joey, what's the first news story we got pulled up? We'll wait to get the next caller queued up. And I take a very overdue pee break. I apologize. I, I finally learned how to do creatine. I've not yet learned how to manage my bladder control for this show. Oh, so you're gonna go pee, and we're gonna read news. Uh, we get time for one story to start. Just, just to start. Take your time, dear. It's just fine. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna let Adam talk about the the Johnny Hurley thing. That's devastating. Ed, do you want to get in and comment on any of these things? Okay. Um, so yeah, they're not. They're not holding the officer uh, accountable that shot Johnny Hurley. But again, I'm going to let Adam get into that. Right. And Tyke, the uh, Producers Club has been pretty chatty. I can't even find the articles that I put in here to reference. Oh, really? um, here we go. Oh, I wanted to talk about the, um, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, obviously, because it's on the tip of everybody's tongue and everybody's minds. And I see people like throwing down and arguing on my social media feeds over this and relationships breaking up. And I'm doing my best to stay away from that toxicity, but, but I like to observe, you know, like I like, I like to sit in the corner and watch and kind of try to figure out why some humans are the way that they are. Um, me, I don't know. I'm not keeping up with the case enough to say anything, but from what I've heard, 
this is looking like a self-defense thing. Um, that being said, self-defense is a totally acceptable thing. Um, right now, they are in deliberation until tomorrow. So like 10 hours today, the jury was deliberating. And the latest on the Rittenhouse thing is um, they're asking for a mistrial. And if you're in the producer's club, you'll see the video that I posted in there. But the, the video that the prosecution presented to the jury was blurry. You could barely see it. Uh, but there's a secondary video that is in perfect like 1080p HD footage uh, that was for some reason being withheld from the jury. So I guess there'll be more about that. And, and this is almost like, this is like the election. It's terrible what I'm seeing on on social media and people arguing about it. And that's not, not, right? not just the big toxic ones. It's, I'm seeing it in Telegram too. I'm seeing it amongst the Libertarian Party. I'm seeing it. You know, the, the, the simple red and blue split, I think, is there. But just back to the whole Babylon's tactics in dividing the country. I don't know. Should this even be national news? Well, the interesting it's, it's contrast, I, I got to bring up national news. I got to bring up one other story that to me is a, a very important contrast. I, the shooting of Johnny Hurley. Yeah. Uh, our friend in Arvada, Colorado, who, if you don't know, please look it up. I got a bunch of references on my Twitter if you want to go there in our Telegram group, uh, t.me slash Anna versus the man. Johnny Hurley uh, was an activist with We Are Change Colorado, and there was a, a gunman out to shoot cops in Arvada, killed one, Johnny intervened. And was shot by a cop responding to that who shot without asking questions, obviously. And Johnny was not pointing a gun at the cop. There was no legitimate confusion. Uh, there was simply an incident of a presumptive cop shooting first, asking questions later. And he killed an innocent man who was a hero only moments before who had gone and picked up the shooters, uh, a, uh, AR, and as uh, I interpreted what I've read briefly so far without saying I'm a decisive student of the event, I uh, was, uh, was uh, unchambering the round and taking out the magazine. And uh, our friend Bruce Bauman, who's actually in, in uh, who's emigrated to Acapulco, uh, was originally you know part of the We Are Changed Colorado crew, did a great video breakdown and, and really focuses on this point that if the cop had just drop your weapon instead of just pulling the trigger and assuming anybody with a gun on the scene is the shooter. You say he shot him in the back. Johnny would be alive. I, we don't know. I heard you earlier say that. No, I, I don't no. think so. Uh, well, with I, Johnny, I, I don't think we know. Maybe maybe when I was looking at the reports yeah, earlier, but I here's the thing. They aren't releasing footage. They haven't. Re the they've re they're they've, not, they're they've released some footage. Wasn't that what was in there? The People scattering and stuff. Did the footage been released? Oh, no, 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 that's from Rittenhouse. That's it, the Rittenhouse. That, you're looking. You're thinking of the Rittenhouse footage. That's okay. that's the, the, right the stuff that's at yes. night. Yeah, that's the Rittenhouse. The, oh, Johnny Hurley shooting was during the daytime. Okay. Yeah, and you see him come. They show security footage. And there wasn't a riot. It was just some dude that. Went it was just a dude. Yeah, and you see Johnny in a store in 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 this shopping area. Right. 
and he hears a shooting right. and he's with another dude going, what's that? What's that? Right. Is that that? And you see him draw his concealed carry handgun and respond like a fucking hero. Right. And at very, very least, the cop should be held sort of minimally institutionally accountable for that mistake. Yeah. Sent through retraining. You know, like no 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 never allowed to carry a gun on behalf of government ever again like, at very very least lose your job accountable for the mistake that cost someone's life you know this is like a qualified immunity issue yeah. you know if you can blame the state you can blame the department right you can you can separate all of that the guy on the scene made a mistake Fearless. that cost an innocent man his life and should be held accountable for that the district attorney alexis king has said Oh no, because he thought it was a mistake, there was reasonable doubt. So it's okay. So it's like, oh, what? So I can go out now. Excuse me, not me. Asking for a friend. I said this on Twitter. Asking yeah. for a friend. If a friend who you know wants to go murder cops can say, Oh, I felt threatened. It was an accident. What they're innocent? Come on, really, Alexis King? Do you want to set that standard? No, I don't think so. Because there are people who want to kill you over this shit. No accountability for the cop. It, but but like minimal would be. You lose your job, and you're never allowed to to, to handle a weapon for for a government yeah, ever you again. Get a taser, and you get the dispatch. Like no, no, no. You Maybe. first of all, you lose the job. You're not a cop anymore. Well, no, you, can, you, you don't know. You don't get to be a cop anywhere that you're you, working within the system. You can manipulate it. You should never be allowed to carry a firearm. You murdered somebody now. With with professional responsibilities. You get a raise, Adam. Don't you yeah, know where we live? You get a raise. You get a paid vacation. But no, he, should, he, should be, he should be held. He should be held minimally civilly accountable, as in monetary damages. Yeah, can family. the family go after? They might. There might be. There might be the. There, there, there. There's other legal action. Yes, it's being pursued with this. But back to the Rittenhouse case. In contrast, my basic take on the Rittenhouse case is good. Let's get him acquitted. Affirm the right to self-defense. Absolutely, hundred percent. St. Kyle is a fucking hero because he only killed two out of the three people he was in the right to kill and instead shot a guy. I mean, Ed and I hacked out the physics of this. He, it was probably an accident. But if he did it on purpose, guys coming at you with a gun and you shoot him in the, the arm that's carrying the gun, not in the chest, not in the head, you're a fucking hero. For, 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 for putting to, your life at risk, for put because you are more likely to survive that encounter if you go for headshot or body shot. You are a hero for and putting your life at risk to possibly save the life of your assailant. Now that again, brings up probably point, just a mistake. That brings but if up you did the that point on purpose, that I personally have too many problems with too many police procedures. Okay, I could I could. Take another hour of our show to start going <laughs> through them, okay? That uh, that I just yeah, they agree. need to be overhauled completely. I mean, I don't want to see the police defunded, but I sure want to see a lot of things change in the way they do things. All right, we got another caller waiting. If I could just say one thing real quick, that's why I came on about the Rittenhouse piece. Uh, I said one thing recently in a comment. Somebody else said I, I they agreed with it. I think that the reason that the Rittenhouse trial specifically is being put in our faces and shoved down our throats is because it's a perfect example. It's a perfect situation where no matter which happens, the government has an example. Like if he is somehow found guilty, then the left is uh, then the left says, I the system worked for us. Check it out. It's all great. And if he's found innocent, then the right says the system worked for us. It's all great. Everything's wonderful. The, the justice system, they're going to praise it either way. 
the, no matter- the justice system that is entirely killing all of us is going to get praised at the end of this. That's why we're being fed. For the point of covering the Johnny Hurley story, the takeaway is cops are police bad. Are, yeah, police are bad. Cops, cops are suck. fucked. Yeah. Right. And government murderers. Anyway. All right. So, um, any, anything else we have to, to, to cover on Rittenhouse or Hurley at this point? Um, there are some, if you are in Colorado, especially the Arvada area, please connect with We Are Change Colorado. There is another rally coming up. Tomorrow. The rally so far is it tomorrow? tomorrow. I just want to say if you're in we Colorado, should go to Colorado. I mean, for, Johnny, for one yeah. of these, we should, for one of, at least we one of the go events. To Colorado. I've been thinking about it. There's yeah, yeah, we really should. I, whenever the next like appropriate time is i don't think we're gonna make it to this next one let's not go to colorado in december or June. Ah, yeah right we got my truck dear we'll be fine uh but yeah we, we yeah I, i'd like to, i'd like to i mean if it's practical i'd like to if it's if it's, if it's possible for us yeah i'd like to go to one yeah. of these johnny hurley support events especially while the case is still active in the sense that justice has not yet been anywhere near achieved and um i don't know if me showing up is the right thing since i've been like the provoker on 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 Twitter, trying to look like the asshole talking about killing cops, when, when, about so, so, so the mean, people in deal. person can be seen as the nice guys. But yeah, I'd like to do that. So um, connect with We Are Change. You can look them up on Telegram. We Are Change Colorado, wherever online they have a pretty good online presence. Um, or on my channel, t.me/slash Adam versus the Man. Recently, I've been forwarding a handful of things, including Bruce Bauman's latest video. It's five minutes, um, and it's it's a good summary, better than we just did, of, of the case. So Bruce Bauman, uh, find that on my Telegram. Find We Are Change on my Telegram. Connect with both of those, uh, those sources there. With that, we have former co-host calling in from Hawaii, Fina. Hold on, we keep Ed, Ed, Ed and Joey on for this one, because I think... going to eat more cheese. I think, and... and Let's oh, get I'm hey, not. there's just let's no, 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 no. might as well get might as well get Jim on on screen for this one too. One, one more round. Studio lights. Aloha, Fina. We just missed 420 in Hawaii. Well, it was like 20 minutes ago. That's cool. I listened to everybody that was talking. Um, whoosh. Oh my gosh. I had like a metaphysical moment when you were talking. It was a lot, and I love what you're talking about. I all I can say to you right now is humans first. We keep that in mind, our humanity in mind, remind each other of our humanity before we remind each other of our differences and where we don't align, right? That's, that's how we move forward. Human consciousness, celebrate, rise it, lift it up. Don't let yourself be conditioned down into being a gamma. It is, it is. put those words like down, like negative words, negative vibes, right? So I want to move on though. I got, you know, I came on and say three things. I always do things in numbers, right? So um, whoosh, second thing, Kyle, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, Joey, I wanted to help you out because I know the ish about Kyle. All right. I've been watching the trials. I ain't got shit else to do. I had a job for like two, three days and I fucking quit it, you know? And I was like, cause well, <laughs> one of them said I had to have, I had to fucking dye my hair and I'm not going to get into that. So, um, <laughs> uh, anyways, but Kyle trial, that's what I'm calling it. Kyle trial. And the one thing that I've noticed with the people that want Kyle to go to jail that want him, you know, found guilty. These people want him found guilty on charges that he doesn't even have against him, like carrying a loaded weapon across state lines. And I tell these people, you don't know where Kenosha is, do you? And they're like, oh yeah, I even got a fucking a Wikipedia, like Google Maps. I know where Kenosha is. I have woke up on the train in Kenosha, Wisconsin. When I was riding back drunk from Chicago on St. Patty's Day, missed my one stop before Kenosha, which is the Navy base. So anybody in the Navy that went any time in, in, in Chicago, they know Kenosha is like 10 minutes away from Illinois. <laughs> and, you know, they have no idea. They're like, he's guilty on all these things. He went over there to be a white supremacist. I don't think they realize that the people that, that were the victim of his actions, they were all white. All of them. Right. And they say he had no business in Kenosha. His well, father lived in Kenosha. He lived in Kenosha. There was this issue raised for the first time, like on social media yesterday, because I've been keeping healthy distance from the bullshit on this. Uh, but it was because on the voluntarist meme group on Telegram, which, by the way, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up. It's in my feet on Telegram. Oh, it the bikini it is, and the gun? No, no, no. no it is currently been renamed because they rename occasionally. Remember, oh. it is Saint Kyle Rittenhouse's Cathedral, <laughs> and that's why I call him Saint Kyle. Uh, so, like, well, half their well, and so you gotta think about. All right, so yes, he was groomed to be a hero. He's been groomed to be a hero probably since he he was a little boy for him to be like. Uh, a volunteer firefighter and all first aid and all that shit. He was just misguided and he was stupid. And, and no one, I don't think anyone disagrees on that. Like nobody should, like nobody went there for any real good intentions. I don't think anyone disputes yeah, that. <laughs> I want to hold that thought because before you go, I wanted us to bring this back to the leaving Babylon and sidestep. Oh, I will. I will. Righteous. But it was still probably really stupid for him to show yeah. up in the first place, right? I will come right. back to come back to that. I want to, but I want to back to this this racial issue. I want to play devil's advocate for a second because this first came to me from St. Kyle Rittenhouse's Cathedral yesterday. Mm -hmm. I saw the Gregory McElvey tweet from, and and this guy is like a DNC or Democrat Party state activist, some like mid level bigwig, whatever in, in the in the Democratic Party. <laughs> Um, Gregory McKelvey wrote, employers, consider giving your black employees a day or two off after the Rittenhouse verdict. Yeah. Regardless of the outcome, it's going to be hard for black people to work, and it isn't fair to expect them to. I'll bet a white guy said that. No, it was a black dude. A black, okay. well, well, at least there was that. I don't want to take that apart. I had a legit I black white dude. guy tell me that my white opinion doesn't matter. And, and this is the first time that, and this is, it was a reminder of why I stay off social media and why I'm trying to, right? Is uh, why I don't engage in social media is 
I didn't even know this turned into a race thing all of a sudden. Like Fina said, like he shot white people. Well, Joe Biden called him a white supremacist. People. Joe Biden. I mean, but Trump said worse. You know, Trump was there. Both of them are bad. Don't even think that because I say shit on Joe Biden that I wouldn't say shit on Trump because they both, neither one of them is my man. But let me go back, um, Adam, to what you originally started out, the story you started out with, with you at the gym. And you said you were on an interview and you said that you were on the, the People for Liberty interview? Yeah. At that time? No. I think Before that, I snuck into the tanning room because no one was using it. <laughs> you did the interview. Okay, you were at the gym at the time. Yes. No, I, put, I think I, put, I might put my flip-flops on to walk. To it doesn't matter if your shoes were on or not. I don't care if they were. That's not the point. You were at the gym, right, <laughs> when you did the interview. Thank Do you, you not think that they probably overheard you? And didn't like what you were saying and didn't like the message that where it was coming from. That shit's happened to me in a couple of instances. No, it was relatively quiet. And there was uh, in, in the room that I was in was semi soundproof. And there was medium quiet music playing in the gym. They might have heard me making noise, but it would have been muffled. They wouldn't have made out anything I said, no. I, I think it was just the, the guy got pinged by insecurity and didn't feel like approaching me again, exaggerated to his boss. I'll bet he called his boss and said, I don't know what to do. He's, just, he's, not, he's not listening to me. He put his headphones on and he's ignoring me. Well, my, okay, so did he tell you to put your shoes on before you did the interview or after? Before. The interview was just the delay that had me still at the gym when the cops got there. Okay, uh, okay, okay. That's but, what I wanted to know. I think that was the relevance of it. But, uh, you, you, I mean, you bring up an, an, another sort of, you know, a, interesting element of this in that um, he didn't uh, tell the gym owner. He probably didn't tell the gym owner what actually happened. He was emotional. Uh, his ego was hurt. He, you know, he, oh, this guy challenged my authority. So when he called the gym owner, he probably exaggerated a lot. He's probably like, like, this guy's sticking his feet in people's faces. Yeah, he's getting in my face and he's belligerent. He's not listening, you know. And, well, if he's not listening and you've told him repeatedly, it's like, no, you only told him once. Did you, con you did, did you get in contact with the general manager of that particular store? I'm considering it. I don't know. Should I? You haven't. So don't think that that manager has told his boss. I wouldn't even consider that. Maybe he did it lightly, but I bet he downplayed the situation and it was an afterthought. I bet he didn't even get a hold of his. He probably called his boss and couldn't get a hold of him because his boss has better shit to do. At least that's what if I was his boss, I would say, regardless, <laughs> you know, he hurting anybody. Did it, is he bothering anybody? Mm -hmm. Like how many people are complaining about it? One or two? Yeah, I'm just saying, give give his boss, you know, the general manager of the store, a benefit of the doubt that he hasn't been contacted and he's not aware of this. Maybe. You know? Well, no, benefit of the doubt first, you know. It called my local gym owner. So they called your local gym owner. Back down at least. So they called your local gym owner. This must be. That's just because they, they noticed that I had be. some special deal that oh, I. Oh, they all of a sudden have. noticed. But did the did the gym owner call or did some like associate? My gym owner. Yeah. Okay. 
associate, not an employee, not a customer service guy. And I know, cause I know him cause he, there's small businesses. Like the owners work there and these are the two that I go to locally. And the guy's been cool. I've gotten him to spot me while I was uh, lifting on acid. Actually, I told him I was on acid lifting that one time. He was there that day that and I've lifted on acid a few times, but one of the, the first big day, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he was there. He gave me a spot, talked about it. I was barefoot. I've been barefoot. He gave me a pallet. He had a pallet. At, remember this, Joey? Yeah, yeah. He had a pallet behind the Chino Valley gym. Yeah. And it was like. Maybe, it was, you, were just, maybe you were just weirding people out, Adam. I bet you were just weirding people out and making people feel uncomfortable. And, and too many they wanted an excuse. Logic. I mean, it happens. I weird people out, too. I, I don't want to condemn any of the individuals in this except Trevor, yeah, Trevor. anybody else involved, Walk bigger things, Trevor. other pressures, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. but Trevor was that kid in school like, separating the personalities from this? What does this reveal about my Babylonian gym membership? I, I don't know. All I can say is, I really liked uh, when I was on the mainland and I got done. some friends that worked Hard. too. It's uh, one yeah. life fitness. Yeah. I'm done. I'm fucking done. Ed's like, finally. The one less thing you get to correct me on tonight. You just right? got done spending three months getting me, talking me into joining Anytime Fitness, and now you're like, no, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I'm, I for one life. One life fitness on the mainland's pretty good. I didn't think we'd have a gym at home so soon. <laughs> so awesome. Thanks to Home for Battle Buddies. We've still got to get to tonight. Mina, this has been fun. We, we don't want to spend two hours tonight. I do want to give you the chance to uh, to have have your last word and, and feel like you got to say everything that she, you has, she has yet to tie it to leaving Babylon. Please and tell us about this job and leaving this job. You can't just skim over something like that. Okay, so my exodus from Babylon. Well, folks, I would have been in the Navy for twenty years if I, if I had the chance, but I didn't. Um, the reason why I left the Navy is because I wanted to have children, and I couldn't. So I was on fertility uh, treatments, and I got fat naturally i'm a woman you know and i got kicked out for getting fat and i haven't really had a job since i went and i went and got you know got my degree with the gi bill and i was looking for a job from like june all the way up until october like hardcore sending my resume out there um things that i'm overqualified for things that i was underqualified for everything that i was like i sh this is this is written for me kind of thing all of them and I only got back maybe like three returns and it was like, it, it wasn't going to work kind of things. And then like the week of Halloween, I had three jobs in one week <laughs> and it was very telling. So the first job I had was in construction and that was like, I mean, I'm a veteran. I spent a lot, I spent 10 years in the Navy. You know, that was like the, the more active, strong years, you know, and I had to walk with a cane for two days after working in that construction job. And so then um, Walmart called me back, which by the way, you guys, Walmart's not that fucking bad of a corporation to work for. They have a terrible marijuana policy. Not gonna lie. They gotta have a pretty steady formula down, I gotta assume. But I told them I wanted part-time hours. I knew I, was, I told them I wanted temporary because I'm running for office again uh, next year. And then, um, you know, I made it through the second day of training and I look, the lady puts my schedule out and I'm like 40 hours, 40 hours, 40 hours. And I'm like, I haven't had a job in like fucking five years. And you just got 40 hours made it out. Like, 
during Christmas. I was like, and like their fucking marijuana policy. I feel like I should not have to carry a bottle of my husband's piss with me every day to work because I'm afraid they're going to drug test me. Next like, that was just gross. That was Wait, gross. Why? That's why I couldn't work there. And so then the third job I had, rule threes, was um, I was going to t- pictures with Santa. I knew it was going to at least be mall hours. I knew it was going to be definitely temporary. And it was assistant manager. So it wasn't even like, like it sounded better than cashier at Walmart, you know, at, at least on my resume, <laughs> you know. And I did the the interview, which they did a, a Zoom interview, and um, they called me back and told everybody that they got the job. And then they, like, texted me back that they noticed that I had uh, dyed hair, which, by the way, you guys, at that moment, my hair was really blonde, actually. It wasn't even pink because my hair just washes out. So it was blonde. And they said I had to dye my hair. And I had some really, like... This is I'm pink, <laughs> like, like they were already gonna make you wear like white shirt, black pants, you know, commie uniform basically. <laughs> Sorry, but for Christmas, come on. <laughs> and then they were gonna tell me I had to dye my hair, and I, I knew what they wanted. They wanted it brown. They wanted a natural color, and I was like, no, thank you. I don't need to do this. So I want I want to I want to make one little devil's advocate point feel free to bat it away if i'm wrong but in in a lot of jobs the the demand for conformity of appearance is bullshit and of no relevance other than psychological control to get you to accept the shitty job and feeling like a cog in the machine might as well look like one but for a presentation publicly to families we don't want anything that's visually distracting from people involved with santa well you know here's the thing People look at me and they see my bright colored hair and they smile and they're happy for the most part. In fact, I get people that come up to me all the time and say, I love your hair. I disagree with the distraction argument. I would say, let's colorfully reflect the public in a friendly, as long as you're positive and friendly, work with Santa, pink, blue, yellow, whatever. But these are the people in our neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, so I would, I'll get comments like they love my hair, but I never get those when I've got blonde hair. That's for sure. And um, anyways, I wrote, I wrote them back and I said, you know, no, thank you. I love my pink hair and I like who I am. I like how I am. And I'm not going to change this and like really damage my hair because if I were to go dark, it's kind of hard to go back to pink. And um, not for a temporary job. That pays like crap, not really crap, but still, like it's not great, great money. And it's, yeah, no, why would I do that? And my husband was like, why are you doing this over the holidays? You've been looking for a job for these many months, and now they want to get, you want to get a job now. They want to hire you so they can use you up and spit you out the holiday hours. Nah, nah, we, we're better than that. I mean, my husband's still in the military, so we're taken care of. God bless our troops. Fuck yeah, veterans. Thank you for your service, Jim. Thank you for your service, Ed. Thank you for your service, Adam. Thank you for your service, Joey. I only come on. <laughs> yeah, really. She means this. <laughs> She's putting up with me. All right. Thank you very much, Vina. Oh, what a beautiful, graceful exit. Um, 
if, if we don't have any more callers backstage, we're going to close the lines for the rest of the show. Comments, keep them coming. We're going to check back in with you all that way. But uh, we got a couple of news stories and a Battle Buddies update. Yeah. So Battle Buddies first, we had an awesome little road trip there. Where we, we ended up naming it as a mission. Mission Bobcat. What do we call it? Bobcat Sprint? Is it a quick... Re referring to the quick nature of our deployment and that we were going to Bobcat Territories in Bozeman, Montana. Um, like football, is that football thing? Bobcat. This is a state mascot. Is it state state university? So I guess it is football. Um, I don't know. I just, just needed a clever name for a social media post. So we came up with a name for the operation that Ed was wouldn't object to, right? Um, yeah, we did, we did uh, Las Vegas for Veterans Day. And I, I think I, I'd like to ask you to tell the story. Well, two stories. I mean, we had, we had two really awesome positive stops. Uh, the first one being uh, uh, Mike's organization. Name, uh, Charlie Mike. Oh. Charlie Mike, continue mission. So great meeting, really cool conversation. Great, relatively small. I mean, 15-ish people, 20 maybe all together, yeah. you know. But as a networking event, just for us, really powerful and I think helping us form the vision and seeing how our organization fits into the existing network of veterans services and everything else. You want to tell the story? Seeing how others do it. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell the story. You basically told the story. I mean, we went to uh, the man's business where he was working the Mike, Charlie Mike Foundation out of his personal business area. And for the the gathering, he named it uh, Caffeinate and Collaborate. And he invited uh, area people from, there was a, a lady from uh, the Red the, Cross, the state, a lady from the Red Cross. It was married to the guy that was running the veterans thing at the college. And I mean, and the leader of the, the student group. Yeah, all the, yeah, the leadership. And a couple group. random veterans all who showed up on their own. People that were from the area. We were there. looking to start something else. It was good. And was a really few good. other similar organizations represented. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of hashed out this and that and talked out a few things. And it was good. It was good meeting people and being able to, to share. Well, it felt like as, as an, Part of our general networking efforts with Homefront Battle Buddies, very important to be introducing ourselves to these other groups in the network. And one of the epiphanies I had out of that, uh, aside from so many within our mission and organization, that what we do at the periphery is going to be just as important as what we do with people we take in. Right. Um, a lot of it in terms of... Yeah, well, maybe, but resources. We need to provide them with the individual right veterans or veterans who come through our one week course. What we can connect them with afterwards, right. or where we send people that we can't handle. And for the su I mean, jumping ahead to the suicide prevention. Exactly. But there, we're not trying to be. We're not. We're not pretending that we're more than we are here in terms of being mental health experts. Like we're capable. No, if you're having a fucking breakdown, we're going to send you somewhere else. If you're suicidal, we're going to love you and identify you, and we're going to send you somewhere else. You know, like we're not pretending to be capable 
of that serious next level mental health intervention. That's not what we're doing here. Exactly. So that networking is so important. Exactly. That was the first thing I did after we got back. When we were there, they gave us as one of the class handouts in the course that we attended, which um, safe talk. Which was we'll come back. We'll get to that. Okay, we'll get we'll get to that. The handout they gave us was for the crisis line and this and that, all these different things, but they were for Montana. Yeah. So the first thing I did when I got back is I pulled that out and I started looking up everything that was available to me in each genre and start filling in numbers and stuff yeah. so that we would have uh, a place where we could take people that are beyond our, our technique. Comprehensively our fill opinions. our niche as yeah, well. And what you want to just be honest, yeah. We need to be able to know exactly where to take him. So, yeah. like, if, if Adam went off and we had to tie him up, <laughs> I know exactly where to take him as Flagstaff, yeah, you know, yeah, stuff's important. Or if he looks at any of my notes, he'll know where to take him, <laughs> <laughs> just as likely. All right, yes. so Ed, or even next, more, actually, next, I'm the alcoholic, remember, <laughs> next exciting right. point on the tour. Yeah. American Legion Post 10 in down near very very near downtown. Not quite in Funny. very near downtown oh. Las Vegas, Nevada, with a mural of what? Yeah. Michelle and Barack Obama on the side. Why why would they have that, Ed? Huh. Because they were um it was an all-black American Legion. They were Straight. still fans when we got when in. We, when, I walked we walked in, in I... when we walked in, there were twenty, there thirty-ish dudes, a couple chicks. It was a bartender, was a woman, and you were the only Hispanic, and I was the only white dude, at least by appearance. Not presuming shit, but like that, it was a fucking movie scene. It was. I sit down at the bar and I look over, and the gentleman and his lady sitting at the bar next to me. She's got a plastic purse with Obama and Michelle at the White House printed on it. I mean, it was the whole thing was was printed, printed photograph purse wow. sitting on the bar. Wow. Oh, man. Now, I want to give, I want to say something to the credibility of, of the, the spirit of this particular institution because I shared a photo that I, when I saw this um, I was so compelled to yeah. take a picture of myself with it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pulling it up now on the, uh, the Homefront Battle Buddies channel, scrolling back a few days. And I, I, I even took the time to, to take a picture of the Legion from outside and combine it with a picture of me standing next to this uh, poster. Right. Uh, and it's a Malcolm X quote. You cannot be so blind with patriotism that you can't face reality. Wrong is wrong, no matter who does or says it. Word. And I, I, I even told uh, the, the the doorman who bought me a drink. Right. Uh, as, as I was taking that picture, you know, like, you know, you you put this on the wall. No other disagreement we have here matters. You, you know, this is this is this is this is the universal principle of of wrong is wrong and right is right and 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 it, it transcends politics and and most of the guys that were all i mean not all but like any legion what 70 to 80 percent vets a few civilians right. in the crowd right um but yeah we were welcomed they 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 bought yeah. us drinks 
brought us outside to smoke a blunt before we could even really get into it too much. Spoke to the post commander, got connected to their veteran service officer, um, and they hopefully will be visiting us when that group, as the Legion, does. Uh, they're doing like an Arizona camping field trip or something. So, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? That's I hope that really hope that connects. Oh, talk about yeah. photo op. Oh, yeah. Man. Well, don't make that's it about. Why you got to make everything about race, Ed? Yeah. So photo op, no, oh. just because the photo color. opportunity for us. <laughs> No, yeah. hospitality absolutely great. No, no, have any yeah. legion group come out here. But the, the racial dynamic was was fun. And it was a fun it was fun because it was so relevant to their identity and the scene and then was so irrelevant to it, just it, veterans. It started, about it started out feeling like Animal House. Well, I see, Ed, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on Ed for something you. here. Ed, but, what did you? Ed yeah. was like, Ed. Ed said something on the way in that was like, "I got a funny feeling about this." I'm not, not going to get specifics. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know you're not oh, racist, man. but no, it was no, like, I don't know what we're walking right. into here. You should. Uh, Can we dance with your dates? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Great animal. Oh, it goes through my mind, but I know it's not going to be like that. All right, so we we're veterans. We got okay. we got a bunch of other stops yeah. on the tour like that that were a lot of fun. But oh, I want let's man. let's jump ahead to the training and kind of wrap it up with that, and then we're gonna just get, we can talk about all the pugil sticks brainstorming. Uh, but the the suicide prevention training, uh, suicide alertness. Yeah, training. it was okay, and I'm been, yeah, I've been learning that prevention isn't the word to use. It's suicide intervention. Okay, which I feel I find more friendly. I really do. Prevention is more forceful, whereas intervention is where you really care enough to where you will ask someone that you suspect, even a little bit. You know, I kind of, I kind of noticed this. You're not thinking about suicide or anything like that, are you? It's not. It's not. Are you thinking about suicide? Right. It's, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about suicide? Don't be afraid to fucking ask. Right, you can be right. rude, but you don't want to yeah. not ask when you should have asked. So that, if I may, there, there were, that was really the critical, the crux of the training. Four hours, focus on giving people the confidence right. to say, cool. hey, are you thinking about suicide? And it's it, sort of three elements, no, knowing when to look for it, knowing how to say it, knowing how to follow through. And the follow through is usually a handoff. Right. It's a responsible handoff. And there, I'm not going to, we, I don't think we're going to take this time to no. get into the methodology, but right. safe talk right. has an online course. It's like a, a, a part one leading up to this being the part two. Ed is going to go on and do part three, the two day right. extensive, which is really a, a whole other level of training. But this, I think we can share in 30 seconds right now and say look if you see signs if you see someone who's depressed having trouble in life err on this that's step one be on the lookout for people who are suffering two err on the side of intervening and if it's bad don't be afraid to go straight to using the word suicide are you thinking about suicide are you thinking about suicide are you thinking about suicide and if because because people who will say yes are begging for you to intervene. Yes. And step three is just the responsible handoff and the follow through and being there. And again, we could break this down for the hours no. of the training and talk no. about the relevance of veterans. But it's it's say art part two in order to say, 
are you thinking about suicide? All you have to know is that you can hand someone off if they don't be afraid of someone saying yes. Be grateful for the opportunity to intervene and hand them off yeah. to someone who can handle that. And it might not, it might not be that, oh, I have the number. I'm I'm not organized. I don't know the national doesn't fucking matter. You can hand it. I've identified this person as needing this help right well, now. You said I'm to gonna me. go to my dad. I'm gonna go to my mom. I'm gonna go to my teacher. Whoever the fuck it is in your life, you go up the chain to get that person to help. And it's as simple as that. That's really Ed Fair breakdown. That's the whole thing. At yeah, all, right? It, it, it was the biggest bust of my incorrect assumption that just, it changed me. I mean, it literally changed me. My whole attitude towards suicide period. Okay. Was learning that the, the all of this, all of the research points to that use of the word suicide does not make them do it more. Yes, that's very important. Yes, you, will, you will it's never. More of, yes. Uh, uh, blatant are you, and you'll get a reaction. You know, probably three different reactions, basically. No, no I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought this up because this was an ahead, important Adam. foundational thing for me too in this training. That and because everybody wants could i make it worse am i going to provoke somebody but i going to make them more depressed no, no. You, you this is the, the data has backed this up you will never make things worse by asking i mean you might piss someone off mildly you might you might make them look at you sideways but if they're really suffering and and you are intervening out of love you will never introduce the idea to someone you will never provoke them to suicide or make them more likely to commit suicide by asking that question so right. fucking ask now they also told us the information that we shouldn't be sharing with people who think about suicide and i won't go into those things now and they gave us really good now, get the training so it's everybody. Yeah. Should, everybody who's involved with people who cares. Connect with me. I'll get look you up safe talk. In. Look up safe. Yeah, but if you don't, yeah, if you, you can't know? find it, edit yeah. the freedomline.com. I will. Or homefront battle buddies at gmail.com. I I've pledged to take every suicide intervention course on the planet I can get a hold of and find out what's missing and then start providing that. So as much for the trip itself I'll and what it means. For us to be able to check that box and have that training and it, yeah. it, it literally it's not just oh i checked the box i got the refresher or whatever no. no i really go i really do feel better about hosting veterans here now yeah I, I i really i feel better about being an organizer of people or being a host of people or events out here um but certainly for retreats for hosting people through challenging life situations i just as my personal backstop as a host here, I feel a lot better with this training. I feel I feel a whole lot better knowing that I'm going to be answering the phone, and I never know yeah. who's gonna, what they're going to be calling for. Yeah, you know, I got to be prepared for everything. Yeah, and that gets gets back to the what we do around the periphery, people yeah. who come our way. Like I guess if, if we if someone says yes, I'm suicidal. Well, you're not in the Home Front Battle Buddies program anymore. We're 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 handing you off to professionals. Yeah. You know, we're putting you in a situation where that's the focus, and you are taken care of properly. And that's that's an important organizational thing for us to to have figured out the protocol. Speaking of figuring out protocol, we are not exactly sure how we are going to incorporate pugil sticks into Home for Battle Buddies, but we are. 
fuck yeah, we are now. Uh, there's no no way we're we're avoiding this one. Uh, intellectualism. Adam, what's the yes, 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 yes. No, uh, <laughs> if you don't know what fugal sticks are, quick explanation. This was something that was invented early 20th century by someone with the U.S. military as a military training tool for training close combat with a rifle and a bayonet and stabbing people or hitting them with a butt stroke and killing them. But in a training environment for the military where, and, and you know this, what is, what is the, I mean, the actual injury risk of military training in, in most situations is very low. They, they don't want you to risk injury. They want you to train hard. They want you to press yourself. They want if you to get a break. We want you to break in training. Okay. Well, well, they, yeah, okay. but, but so they try even harder to try and break in. Uh, no, in boot training, camp, in boot camp, yes, that, that was well, my. You know, Adam and I had yeah. different experiences, and we were in at different times. <laughs> I was the last cycle of basic combat, training, okay. <laughs> and in the army, you know, they played with fugal sticks, you know, just like that. They, okay, they put, okay, they put two companies in a big circle and say, okay, last guy in is the winner. You know, okay, it's usually the big okay. Guy. We're not going to yeah. debate the, the the context of training in Pugil 6 historically, but suffice to say, in terms of all the combat sports, boxing, MMA, yeah. things of that nature. This looks like fun. Rugby even, it is lower injury risk. Yeah. yeah. And 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 if you, you do it with a helmet and you do it with padded sticks, you do it in a proper arena. You, you know, fall just right. When, when, we did, when we did it in the Marine Corps. <laughs> so to, to your point, the boot camp experience that I had of, of do we break you is, is more psychological and endurance. It's not we want you to injure yourself with pugil sticks. Pugil sticks is done. If you, we have, you have a mouth guard. Everybody's got to wear a mouth guard. They really don't want you to. By the time you get to the pugil sticks part of boot camp, you're yeah, anyway. Uh, and they do it in Marine combat training. They do it in advanced infantry training. They don't do it in like the guy, for the guys in supply. As right. much, you know, but everybody gets a taste of it in the Marine Corps boot camp. Then you might have also heard of it or seen of it, seen of it. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, Write that down, Ombudsman. Um, American gladiators, they have two dudes on a on podiums, on, on pedestals, trying to knock each other off into, you know, padded whatever. <clears throat> and so we're going to be doing a combination of all of that. I'm really excited now because I've got a, a, a tangible plan and and part of this is in the spring, maybe maybe March early, you know, or you know, mid late March here, early spring, uh, for Arizona Mountains. We we want to have a tournament out here, yeah. and 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 we're putting together the vision uh, to build a Thunderdome like the geodesic domes that we've built here already, uh, wrapping it with some pool noodles and appropriate safety gear so you can actually bounce into the dome while doing pugil sick fights. We're going to build some platforms. One of the fun things the Marine Corps does is like a sidewalk competition where you start start on opposite sides of the sidewalk or it's a, just a raised wooden right. rectangle platform right. deck, you know, and, and it's first one to knock the other off. Um, we're going to do the pedestals, do some American Gladiator stuff. Ed had some really cool, crazy arena. We're going to do a first draft or a first working model of this. And if it's popular and we're going to do videos, we're going to have fun with this. Then, then we raise the money. We build the Pugil sticks arena or the, the home front battle buddies, combat sports arena, whatever, whatever. Anyway, we go, we, there's so much fun ideas for building out. And I just want to throw that out. Anybody wants to come out here as interns. Anybody wants to sponsor that. I'll make it happen. Now uh, you want me to buy the materials to build the sticks to buy the appropriate safety gear. You need a bunch of different sizes of, of helmets for really hosting guests in this. 
you know, elbow pads, knee pads. Um, I'm displaying the scope of this, but the the huh. the, the dome I can build for like a thousand dollars worth of materials with equipment and and tools we already have here, and you know, two dudes, two days work, we can put together like a forty foot, really cool arena, thunderdome for this thing. Anyway, fun stuff to look forward to. Homefrombattlebuddies.org. If you want to come out right now in, in the intern phase, we need we need people who can help build. You know, we need we need donors. We need awesome volunteers like Scotty you can, or Scott uh, McLaren. You can look him up. Scotty Mack on YouTube. Scott from Seligman doing some awesome work digging this hole. And we're barely going to be ready for him in time. Big other call. I got to remind people of this. We need a box truck or a big trailer like ASAP. This is this really has to, we need to reprioritize this because we were gifted the opportunity to pick a giant pile of tires Mountain that will give tires. us enough to do really just enough to do the gym. Probably not a lot more than that. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe we bury the size. We'll have enough to do the greenhouse also with that pile. Right. Um, but we need to go do this now while this opportunity is there for us. So if anybody can, yeah, if, 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 now, if no one can donate or volunteer or loan us a box truck or large trailer with that carrying capacity, um, we're, we're just going to rent a moving truck for the day and figure out we still need some some manpower volunteer uh, help to, to, to be able to knock this out in a day and not have to pay for more than one day's rental. Hopefully we can do it like three or four trips in a day maybe. Right. Um, but even bigger picture. There's a box truck for sale that I would love to own for $6,500 on Craigslist and Prescott. If someone wants to buy us one, I would, we could sell it later. I would love to have one for like this three or four month period of salvage scavenging, collecting tires, other building materials. It would be so huge for the organization right now. I also Ed, told Adam that I have a, a, a pretty good sized pile of building materials over at my place in Winslow. And since I've relocated over here and shifted my focus on home front battle buddies and trying to find land around here to put my wife on, um, my Winslow venture yeah. seems to be a little bit more in the back burner. We could really use the materials yeah. here. Being able I to have, move that without the I hundred have, pickup truck loads that that Ed did it as I <laughs> would spent, be nice. I put sixty thousand miles on my little four cylinder Nissan hard body, wow. moving everything from Phoenix, Arizona, three and a half miles up into Winslow, and I got it all over there underneath pallets. And I mean, I got I got a lot. I'd really like to get it over here and start doing something with it over there. I was hoping to do something with it, but it, Adam has a Big jump on me in that he was on his land for five years. <laughs> he was able to build a lot of stuff on his. Where I got just, I got a bare land with a shotgun shack, and I was able to make two roads yeah, on it. Yeah, you know? that's all I got. It's a nice self-sustaining so, bug out spot and camp out. But we're building it's, something. It's here. a future project, yeah. but I need the building material over here. And there's so much building material <laughs> out there that we could really bring in here and use. It would save us a lot of. You money, know, so Ed, yes. you really screwed up at the end there what? because I was going to forget all about the truck. I wasn't going to mention it. I literally had forgotten about the essence of that to our story. And oh. we're 20 minutes over our two hours goal. Oh. But now, now that you, since you, since you mentioned the more. pickup truck, I got to tell the story of the Nissan hard body oh. that we drove. What, what is this thing? What year? Uh, 90, like, yeah. 96. 96 Nissan four cylinder hard, hard body pickup. <laughs> And it is badass how much value 
Ed has been able to squeeze out of this little fuel-efficient pickup truck. However, however, <laughs> however, Ed, how many functional elements is this vehicle missing? About nine. Yeah. I was going to say, he can't he, say, he but yeah, about nine. Yeah, nine okay, okay. <laughs> it was 12 degrees in Winslow, Arizona. I went to get something out of the passenger door, and <laughs> the plastic stand up come off right away. Okay. I've been so busy. That was months and months ago. I've been so busy. I, I got the handle. I just hadn't been able to replace the it. The door. So I got a, a, is... a strap on it with a winch, right? Winched over to the seat so that it holds the door shut. We had to unwinch it, let him out, and put we got in on a winch it again every time we had to open the door. And just, no, I knew no. it. You know, I had I had a rental car set up in Las Vegas, okay? And Enterprise, I'm coming for you, people. Okay. So this is Babylon. Oh. We, didn't, we didn't get back to the Babylon leaving Babylon thing, but hey, your vehicle choices will never be perfect on this principled count but they are very important and and ed i i mean to, i was with you on the plan we miscalculated in the in 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 having too much confidence in babylon right now yeah yeah you know, in a lot of ways and this back to the message that i've said before on the show that babylon is crumbling whether it's falling or not we don't know maybe a separate phenomena but it's at least crumbling and we all need to lower our, our lower our expectations of institutions of major corporations of government and of each other for the people who are in those customer service positions and ed had to deal with and that's like yeah if you're tied into babylon maybe it'll take care of you to a point if you're willing to pay that price i would rather spend the night in Bozeman, Montana sitting upright because they didn't have any motel rooms because the, there was a football game and freeze oh. in the little Nissan hard body pickup truck oh, yeah. than, than be tied into Babylon. But it was I laid on the ground up against the, the church. <laughs> made me feel like I was back in the Marines, Ed. So thank you for that yeah. interesting little logistical hardship experience. And then when we got back to finish the truck story, while we were at local thrift shop slash food bank slash package receiving center slash awesome little community joint whatnots in Ashford what's and we're poking around what nots as in K-N-O-T-S Ed happened to spy a perfect little gift to sum up the trip that I didn't even notice there was a little model ship with an actual Jolly Roger on the top flag that he bought for me just to be like ah you got your pirate ship now and I named it, we we're going to call it the Nissan. We changed it. I wrote it in Sharpie, so it's permanent now. It is the hard body. <laughs> the hard body is Captain Freebeard's pirate ship. And with that, we got to wrap up the show, but we're going to hit all of our points. Joey, what other news stories did you want to make sure we cover today? We also have to get, get to end on a very positive note of, a, of an eclipse. We're going to end two hours, right? Yeah, two hours uh, two plus hours, 40 minutes. Plus 30 minutes. Ed gets his ombudsman time. Um, what else? Yeah, there's, there's an eclipse happening. Yeah. Oh, um, look, I'm not going to call him what the news calls him. I'm going to call him Buffalo Man. <laughs> QAnon I, Shaman. I like Buffalo Man. It's man on a buffalo. Man dressed like a buffalo. Um. Man on a buffalo. Uh, He's got it. There it is. He got sentenced to three years. 
for Man, we're in the Buffalo. <laughs> Jason the Angel. Oh, Marcy, yeah. what was the charge? Where did it, Jim? Why can't I find it in here? In the producers club. Yeah. So much good stuff. Wait, did you share those stories in the producers club? I yeah. did. I did, but the producers club has been so active. Yeah, oh, it's been yeah, active during the show. Yeah. Keep right. that up. <laughs> Keep uh, it up, everybody. But it's been so active. We're gonna have to have like a, a yeah. different channel for it. But so yeah. wait, well, what did we you and me had some good jokes about this, but what what we was the takeaway? Well, the first thing was they were the prosecutors were looking for fifty-one months and they, they could only get them for thirty-six. And, and the judge's quote was Dude, it sounds like he killed dogs in public. <laughs> Judge said, what you did was horrific, obstructing obstruction, obstructing the functioning of the government. What you did was terrible. You made yourself the epitome of the lie. Yeah. I, and, and, and what makes this worse is a uh, man dressed like a buffalo. <laughs> man dressed like a buffalo. And there's no excuse for his behavior. He's deeply sorry. Yeah. And, just, and, and again, I don't want to judge, you know, what your strategy is, what your discussion is. With your, I, I, we all want to go into court and say what we want to say, but sometimes it's not the best thing to do. I understand that, but. Yeah, you can never judge someone under duress. You never judge because you don't know the implications of that and you will never know how they perceive that threat. That's it. And, and, and he's certainly under duress. It's uh, unfortunate. We can be disappointed and be critical. I don't think you never judge someone, though. So finally, very positive story. We have two links, and, and Joe, you're going to share all these in the in the public channel as well. But if you wanted the sneak peek, these are in a producers club. But you can we it wasn't Jim supposed to promote this Patreon Patreon.com slash Adam versus the man. We still enjoy your financial support in building out the show. Although more importantly, we're looking for sponsors to get this back to the next level. Um, but very good news to end on two links here from Washington Post first. Why do we share Washington Post? Beaver Moon. Oh, this because, is neutral. It's not it's political. The only one that called it the Beaver Moon. Oh, that's why. Okay. Into the blood moon. Beaver Moon to become blood moon <laughs> in long partial lunar eclipse because it's its time of the month. <laughs> oh. Is this what the Washington Post is being reduced to? No, no, it is okay. But it's like this is the one decent joke we get out of the Washington Post. Like it like it would it see it's like you know it, the class clown who tells jokes all the time tells jokes and they're funny, but then the, the goody two shoes at the beginning of or the front of the class turns around and tells a joke, That's even awesome. if it would have been funny. When the kid clown says it, you go, this is fucking weird when you say it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the Washington Post? Okay. But you had another link, more importantly, that explains it for us. Timeanddate.com. Eclipse visible in Arizona, November 19, in two days, 2021 lunar eclipse. Why is this a big one, Joey? Uh, it's the longest in 580 years, according to Washington. Uh, and and probably NASA and, astronomy. and so what's what's going to happen is at it's night going to turn yeah at night so it's going to be like it's going to be like oh. sun earth moon and 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 the moon is going to be huge on the horizon yeah and it's going to turn this bright so it's going to go dark deep, you're going to see the you're going to see I saw the last one 
at the observatory in Flagstaff. Yeah. Thanks to my friend Grant, if he ever hears this. These happen a lot, by the, the way. But this one. You're going to see and get a telescope, get binoculars, even naked eye. It's going to be cool. Or just point right. your phone camera with a little tripod and zoom in, something like that. Or prop, prop your phone, have your phone camera out, prop it up and zoom in so it's steady. Sure. That's a cool little trick to yeah. view something like this. You don't need a telescope. Telescope's great. But to see this, you're going to see a full moon. You're going to see the arc of the Earth's shadow Ask go across how long it. It's last. And then how long is it going to last? Six hours. So then you're going to see From a weird red end. shadow so at, at dark moon go across the horizon and then reverse. Then you're going to see the arc of the Earth's shadow go off the moon. And it becomes a bright yeah. full moon again six hours later. That's because the moon closer to aphelion than perigee. Whatever. It's closer. <clears throat> <laughs> so, so we're gonna have look to it set up. an alarm yeah. or no we, we should take a nap tomorrow and uh just up all night well tomorrow's the 18th is it the night it's the 19th it's i don't even know the 19th the 18th, at 2 a.m so it's okay. tomorrow night right thursday oh, past midnight. okay remember remember when you were like 22 and you stayed up until like 3 or 4 a.m the next day yeah so midnight didn't count for you well what i'd like what i what i'd like to do is Maybe set up a time lapse and get the moon rise until the so like from one o'clock happens o'clock, like two hours and then do another time lapse on the other side of it coming out of it. You know that would be kind of cool. It's gonna be long and then it's like stay an app in the middle. You're gonna watch. You're gonna watch the whole. I mean, if you want to, be a really good asset, I guess. So there's you another. Know, stay up, watch it for six hours. Watch the the dark red moon. Go across six hours of the arc of its travel across the sky. That's whew. I don't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sleep through the middle of it. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna we go. But we're gonna look at. So here, Joey and I, we're gonna look at the times. I have the times. Right we're here. gonna map this. Out, but for our location specifically, yeah. yeah okay. It's, and it's, that's what's in that link. So it's supposed to start. At okay, we're not gonna do this on the show. Okay. Nor we're gonna go do to our specifics. Club. Yeah, but no, our specifics. I'm thinking we're gonna back plan to. Maybe even time lapsing the sunset and the no. moon rise. No, the time lapse. Not watching. I'm just set up the cameras. Can't because the sun sets at five o'clock p.m. and the moon rises at like eleven. It's not gonna. Oh, not okay. Gonna so work, set, just set up for the moon rise. Just the moon rise. Yeah. Then. Whatever. It's fine. Not but yeah, work. set up so to be ready. Like. I mean, it could work, but. But yeah, you want like for the time lapse. I want to start the shot an hour before the moon rise, even. So you see the light creeping up if there's clouds, especially. It's all the so it's really cool. Anyway, yeah. The point is, not everybody lives in Gardenia because not everybody's as cool as us. And it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. It's really, it's so not the timing. I don't want everybody to live in Gardenia. Timing will vary. Uh, but yeah, look it up. We'll have the links. My weather app uh, gives you moon rise and moon set times for your location. So I'll be at least double checking Joey's numbers with that. But yeah, fun thing. Okay, it's finally. Last 10 minutes, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to do ombudsman and, and, and producer notes and one last smoke weed every day to round it up. Ed, Mr. Ombudsman. Thank you, Adam. Uh, I'd like to begin out there to attest to Adam's veganism. I've spent a lot of time with the guy, and when you make long road trips like to Montana and back via Las Vegas, you, you, you get to you know, observe the person up close. Well, 
I'm here to report that I've observed the man up close, and he's pretty much right on. Every time we go somewhere, I eat a bunch of meat, and he doesn't. <laughs> but true to my description yeah. of 2% dairy, 1% yeah. meat, maybe, or less in my diet. Yeah. He, he eats things that, you know, I guess if I if I couldn't eat meat, I'd probably be eating the things that he, that he eats. Un unlike so many Americans, does. I'm not bullshitting you or myself about my diet. <laughs> you know, but then again, I, I don't like hot sauce. I don't use ketchup. And I'm, I'm basically a paleoconservative, whether it comes to uh, politics or food. So, you know, every, every person has their due. But I, I really, I, I questioned it at, at, at first, okay? No, that's why I'm bringing it up. I questioned it at first because, you know, the guy's pretty damn buff, okay? He's pretty buff, he's pretty strong, and he, he's pretty active. Like a horse. You, you, you have to have a certain <clears throat> intake amount, or I, I know I do. If I don't eat enough, I'll peter out. I can't do it. Um, I mean, it's not the age factor either. I know it's the fuel that my body needs in order to burn and do what I got to do, okay? And even at my age, I can eat plenty and do plenty and do more than a lot of 20 year olds out there. Mm -hmm. But I, I attest to the fact that he, he, he he'll scrap, scarf up whatever's left over. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, I, Hey, I've lived on the streets and I'll never, you'll never see me wasting food. You'll always see me taking it home. And the, the leftovers from breakfast at the free Denny's in Las Vegas. On the first day I actually ate yesterday morning. I picked it up in a pan <laughs> with, some eggs and some butter, and I tell you, it was great. I, <coughs> anyway, on to the next. Yeah, if you're going to interact next with item, Babylon, gym. milk it next, for all you can. Next item, next item, the gym issue. Okay, uh, I I went over and over it with him quite a few times, trying to get him to put his damn shoes on and just be done with it. Okay, but no, Adam is a principle-based kind of guy, and when he grabs a principle, he don't let it go for nothing. That's that's Adam. I. I applaud him. He's right on, man. Go for it. Whatever you decide, but just make it a damn decision. <laughs> if, if you stop talking if, about if, it, if you were to go to 7-Eleven, your local 7-Eleven, you go to it every day, all the time, or whatever, and all of a sudden you go in there one day and they piss you off for some reason. I mean, steal from you, and you can't even prove to the cops that they stole from you. And you leave after two hours of trying to get what's right. You're not going to stop going to all 7-Eleven across the country. Okay, so just go ahead and keep your membership, but get a copy of the fucking waiver and take it with you and shove it up everybody's ass that even begins to come near you when you got your shoes off. Okay, and and in this case, uh, as Lord Acton said, that would you know, be the civil disobedience. Power issue. corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I believe the guy that was in charge there was the highest guy on the totem pole at the time. Whether he reached anybody or not, or even tried to reach anybody or not, it was his command, puny Mussolini decision to call the gendarmes because you, you he didn't like what you did. He, he You winked at him, and he didn't go for it. He it, didn't go for it. Okay? Ignore the authority of Babylon. That's all right. Don't let them bully all right. you into submission. All right. And finally, Make the decision independent of that. And finally, as for Babylon, Mr. Jewish person. <laughs> yeah, you I should am, know this. I am astounded. That you didn't bring up the main point of the use of Babylon in itself. Okay, now wasn't Jericho 
was with the horn story. The horn. Jericho was the horn. The, the Tower of Babylon and the Bible were they were scattered and their languages were scattered. That's not Babylon either. Okay. Mm. What was Babylon most known for? In the hill, right? No. no. Babylon is the captors the of the people. Oh, the Garden of Babylon. Duh, yeah. they, they are the captors of no, the, the captors. people, the yeah. Israelites. When they went into bondage yeah, right. and left Israel, they were the captives of the Babylonians who were, like he read, they were empires. The they biggest enslaved a lot of the empire on yeah. the damn planet. And they, they became not just captives, but their slaves that had to work for them and suck their you know what's and every last thing in order to even live. Okay. Legit. So. This is why the Rastafari, right? When their people, they're, they're <clears> stolen <throat> and put yeah. on the ships. They're, they're stolen and taken as captive as the Israelites were by Babylon. And that's why they said their captors were Babylon. Okay? Yeah, that's you. where all of that yeah. comes from. Okay. Now, um, yes. As a man thinketh, so shall he be. Adam. Your power of your mind is greater than anything else, even the power of your body. Okay. Keep with the road that you're on now and increase the power of both. Mm. Thank you. All right, Jim. Get on screen here. And Mary Jane, one last for the show. Now, now that we're on like 37 that. minutes over our, you can't uh, even follow our, our little. Till the next episode. <laughs> All right, Jim. Yeah. <coughs> okay, apologies. Okay. T.me forward slash Adam versus man. That's that's the growing telegram channel that you should definitely be a part of. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man. Everything, if you notice, is forward slash Adam versus man. Those are that's the one of the other ways you can support the show. And homefrontbattlebuddies.org is another awesome website that we are always going to mention every time forever on this show. So definitely connect through us through any means necessary that you feel comfortable with. And don't forget about the Odyssey channel. Trying to grow that as fast as possible. Spread that everywhere and uh, be awesome. That's all we got. All right. I don't have anything else. Cool. Peace and love y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.